My name is Napoleon Soto. I'm an enforcement agent in Section 2 here. That's operations and enforcement. I am Ilya Kuryakin. I'm also an enforcement agent. Like my friend Napoleon, I go and I do whatever I am told to by our chief. Oh, oh yes. Alexander Waverley, number one in Section 1, in charge of this, our New York headquarters. It's from here that I send these young men on their way. Listen up, fanboys. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast with your host, Derek McCall. Apparently, again, it's Fanboy Planet After Dark, The Quiet Storm. Uh, Yes, we're going to be very low tone. We're here. On what day is it? It's, it's an actual Wednesday. Wednesday. It's an the twenty sixth of August of August two thousand fifteen. Thank you, Year thank of you, our Lord. That, yeah, my yeah. Lord. Yeah. All right, uh, we are of course talking about Horace. Anyway, uh, so I almost got it through his nose. He, he was drinking a little wine there. Almost Damn got it through his nose. Clarified things for him. Uh, yes, we are podcasting from the Brett Cave in the undisclosed location in South San Jose. I'll get more specific each week. Uh, and uh, we are, uh, it's about 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. So any news that happens after 8 o'clock, we are not responsible for. A lot of the news that happened before 8 o'clock, we are not responsible well, we for. We didn't cause any of it, really. Because we haven't podcast in about three weeks. I think the last podcast that was posted was the, the fabled car cast. 2015. Yes. We've been out and about doing a variety of things. We did one recorded show, then we did one live show, then we did three recorded shows. I believe that's the way it went. I think that's right. Regardless, you're still here. So, if you are, if you're catching up to us, uh, listen to us on iTunes. Please review us. Rate us. They have a star system. We really need to to be part of that star system. And uh, tell your friends and subscribe to us if you can. Also, find us on the Stitcher app. You can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where we have a page set up for each and every individual podcast, which also has featured on it, as well as on the sidebar, Amazon links to items that you will have heard of on the podcast, talked about, related to the podcast. And if you cannot find those items at your local brick-and-mortar store, your small business, please feel free to use the Amazon link, which will give us pennies on the purchase. Uh, But it's a little something that kicks back and helps support us as well. If you just 
like us to help pay for uh, for our hosting, you can the kick in some just cash makes you feel on, good. on the yeah. Uh, we're like the Salnurchen uh, Army. Uh, you know, uh, go to the PayPal app and 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 join a little bit there, and we will gladly take that. Of course, and if you have questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And we did have a little comment, but before we do that, I should say, of course, we are Nateless tonight. He is still living the Hollywood dream. I don't Actually, know. that Nateless got added to the Oxford English Dictionary this Nateless? year. Nateless? I'm yes. very excited about that. Then we have indeed affected the culture. I think I think we can retire. This is a very controversial. This is so doubling up as announcer and podcast producer, Rick Brett Snyder, and we have a very special guest tonight. This is actually really exciting because we've been circling around this for quite some time. We have saying you know every time every time uh, you see us, we say we should have you on the podcast sometime, and then. We finally did. Uh, the timing was right. We have got Sal Pizarro, columnist for the San Jose Mercury News and spy movie aficionado. That's true. I'm glad I could find my way here with the little secret treasure map you left. Indeed. You figured out how to decode it, too. Yeah, that's great. Because he has a ring. He's, yeah. you know, he, it, this is like Michael Rabel at Cinequest. You know, you're a secret nerd. I'm, I mean, I'm... I'm you may pass as normal, but you're one I, right. of us. One I've of never us. thought of myself as a secret nerd, though. <laughs> okay. I've always just, I felt like I talk about my my nerd stuff when I can. I just don't always have an opportunity to talk about well, it. Well, you always have a home here with us, oh. Fanboy Planet. It's, it's, it's where you belong. It's a big place. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a planet. It's a, bigger than the little princes, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> we did get a letter, and you may have noticed that uh, we had a controversy, I think. I don't know if we got it in the outtakes or not, uh, about whether or not saying listen up fanboys was plural. I don't plural, remember if I put that in there or not. Was plural or singular. And, and it just shows how sometimes we just sort of leap out and, and – Realize that we don't even go back into our own archives. We need another archivist uh, to tell us how we were announcing it. But Brian Kent wrote in and I think made a good point because it, I think the night that it came up was the night that we were talking. I think uh, it must have been in because that's why he was responding to. We we ran we ran the interview with uh, Jenny Jaffe from UROK or mm-hmm. UROC, the mental health advocacy group for right. uh, that is kind of kind of nerd centric you know um she's worked with college humor she's a very funny writer in and of her own right but we'd run a video from will wheaton so brian kent wrote in and and said he felt that it should be plural fanboys because when we say listen up fanboys that uh rick's argument that it was singular so well, my uh, argument was i'm talking you're listening on your own in into somebody's headset right right but what? Brian's point, which I'm I'm slightly paraphrasing because I forgot to pull up the email, was that uh, we want to be inclusive. That when you're listening to this podcast, part you're of a part virtual of a, community, of a virtual community, you are here together, and that often people who are uh, feeling a little isolated for being fans are, you know, they're feeling literally isolated. So if we're saying we're including you, and we are. Then we are a community all together. So, and, and by the way, I totally am behind people having listening parties. Yeah, uh, and tell us, take photographs, put it on our Facebook page. Really, you'd be behind that I for mean, the that's... Fanboy Planet podcast? 
Are you kidding? That'd be we'd awesome. Be very happy to hear that. That would be awesome. We well, want to take always... over Cafe Stritch some night. We we tried doing podcasts at Cafe Stritch, but the jazz kept drowning us out. Oh. Admittedly, they were better than us, but still, uh, you know. Well, I, I I get I still get a thrill. Don't you? You must too. Whenever you talk to somebody who actually listens to the podcast and they say, "Oh, oh absolutely." I enjoy it. And like, so, I mean, if you hear, if you see us and you've listened to us, please tell the us. The only that. greater thrill that I get is when someone says. I read your story in Lugosi's Tales from the Grave, or I bought—I was one of those people that bought Greatest American Hero uh, <laughs> through your link on Facebook. No, through the comic, you know, the, the, that that read something I wrote, you know. Uh, or but if, yeah, if people like I love getting mail. So again, yeah. it's right into editor at vanboyplanet.com. We love getting mail, and we but no, it is it. true. I do, I, I do like the people that people take the time. That's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. I've been trying to formulate that. You know, we know that the space we take up in your head is is an honor and a responsibility we try not to abuse it so we'll try not to tonight i know did i just bring tears to your eyes Was you, that? you did i mean that was beautiful i'm somebody who you know i'm in, in the paper so i do get a lot of uh, that's true of, of people who say hey i read your column and i i've been doing this for 10 years now and i have a lot of problems especially early on dealing with that I, I dealing to, with people responding. Are you well, the, humi- it just the humility felt, or raging egomania? Well, it felt no, embarrassing you seem very to me. Here. Well, yeah. it felt embarrassing. People uh-huh. say, "Oh, I really you know love reading your column." Oh, and I'm not, I didn't know what to, to say. I'm to not them. saying I wouldn't be you know like I turned into Beaky Buzzard. Really, go oh, gosh, that's well, really nice. Well, that's a, I would tell my wife. I said, "God, I, I really don't want people coming up and saying that to me because it throws me off." And she said, "No, you just have to learn to say thank, thank you. you, thank you. I really appreciate. Thank it. you, I appreciate that, and I, that's what I do now." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's good. It just takes a while well, to so learn. And then you feel, I enjoy yeah. reading your column. Thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. that. See, see, how we read it every morning. I, you, know, you have a better app. track record than my wife. Uh-huh. Oh, she's gonna hear this though, and she's gonna say that's not true. <laughs> I'll say, and then she'll say, do I? Do you think I sound like that? You and know, I'll this say, is not actually Sal Pizarro. This is an actor portraying a character named Sal Pizarro. Oh. If we, uh, yes. We are personae. Yes, we are personae. We are not really like my this. My name is life. really Alejandro Dominguez. Yes. That was wow. eerie. Because uh, my real name is Alejandro Dominguez. Uh, so uh, we're both out of tonight. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alejandro? Uh, <laughs> yes. Anyway. Don't start singing. <laughs> This has been a great time for it. I think, by the way, we're supposed to be working on a song. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Ballad of Alejandro Dominguez. No. no. We have a different one no, in mind, well, but we need, to, we need to get a composer involved. Anyway, let's talk. We've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got some convention news because uh, that, that's, that's one of the things, too. I need a month without a convention. It's no offense to any conventions right now, but I need at least a month yeah, of recovery no, time. I have no break coming up. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, we've got comics news, we've got movie news, we've got television news, and we've got Sal here to talk about some, uh, you know, some of that movie news specifically, but we're going to make you comment on everything. I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to you poking and prodding me all night. <laughs> because <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean I am to. not cutting that out. <laughs> I know. Because Sorry. I've been learning a lot just listening to you guys talk, and I realize, boy... I've fallen off my game a bit. Oh, so. ooh, oh. ooh! It's we're sharpening Sal Pizarro's game, yeah. are we? Okay. Um, so, all right. Well, we got comics news. Let's let's start with that comics news, uh, which is uh, we turn to whenever there's a large crossover. That's yes. our favorite to update. Secret Wars, which, by the way, is the war to end all wars, the crossover to end <laughs> all crossovers, and is rapidly becoming the Marvel Comics version of the 
Hundred Years' War yes. is yet again delayed and now expanded. Are you getting surprised by titles that you weren't expecting? Apparently, I missed one entirely that sounded delightful in the description at the comic book shop today. Three issues. Oh, Mrs. Deadpool and yes. the Howling Commandos? Yeah. yeah. I did not even know that existed. Yeah. I nearly missed Howard the Human. I knew that was coming. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I, again, I think we actually did briefly mention, because remember, we went through that catalog yes. of all the things. But there were some that have come out that were not on that cat- That's true. catalog. And so, you know, we, we were not prepped. Like, I was going through the catalog today going like, oh, I, I definitely want the, the new Howling Commandos book because I right. love the concept of the Monster oh, Squads, no. basically. Yeah. And that apparently that's been running through Secret Wars already. And I said, what do you mean three issues yep. gone by? So I'm more like making a mark of, well, I guess I will get that trade paperback or I wait six months and it'll show up on Digital Comics Unlimited. That's true. And then I will catch up. And be fine because I'm paying enough for that. Uh, but it, but that was weird. I'm, ca- you know, uh, I'm usually better the thing about is, knowing what's coming. I am. I'm shocked. And you because are much better than me. I am buying so many books now. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it ending so I can start culling back. But I'm looking at all these little mini series. I'm going. It's only three issues. I and but they're all it adds up. They're all hitting for me they're all even the weird ones like this e, e for ex, extinction and you know well like i said weird world got me i mean i knew it was coming but that's what I, didn't, I skipped on what i didn't but, know was coming was that it was gonna be the revival of chris star which yeah. is that bizarre 80s toy that i just loved uh were you did you have chris star i didn't have chris star but but you're bringing back some memories the uh, crystal uh, warrior yes. yeah yeah you know, and i had all nine i think it was nine issues in the original marvel run great art and it was just a fun fantasy series and and even and though it was a toy time there and uh, yeah i mean yeah. it's there's some really bizarre I, yeah. and i'm really enjoying the marvel zombies versus age of ultron yes. where hank pym future is, and perfect is really good i have not read the future future perfect has had some some head spinning uh unexpected revelations in that okay which may or may not actually have implications we don't no, know and it doesn't matter because these these are just like read and this is like comics used to be where you like you read them and you know it's you're not going to you're not, you know you're not going to read this forever. You're just going to read for a good story, and then you're going to move on. And that's what these all are. They're like oh, little good stories. Simple, innocent days. Yeah, when you weren't you're like, oh, I've got to, I got to get 87. I missed 87. Why am I going to get 87? eBay, eBay? You know, it's like, you know right. And uh, so Secret Wars is now expanded by a month to nine issues. It's already been delayed at least a month, but they're swearing. Yeah. Are you swearing by this? They will not delay any of the new launches as part nope, of the all-new. That's all what new, they all said. The, well, because they can't. Yeah. They've locked some I mean once you've once you've announced in USA today that's that's like having Walter Cronkite But it's kind of it, it beckons back <laughs> to the original Secret Wars because that still went on when all when they all came back. They came back before But they, that was pre-planned, right? Yeah, it was like, like That uh, was pre-planned. But it this was, was like you, the Spider-Man costume thing happened. Yeah. Right. They went into that into that dome and then the next page they all came back changed. And I right. remember the next issue of Spider-Man was the rumors are true and there he is in the black suit and yeah, it's just yeah, but that you know that was pre-planned. This is this Marvel and DC both are doing. They play the Paul, the Pee Wee Herman game. They go, I bet to do that yeah. uh, when they make a mistake, and it's like okay, you know I, they can't they can't delay because already, and we can tie into the next thing is you know they've just made this big announcement of the of the variant covers with the cosplay, which yes. you can find all all posted on FanboyPlanet.com. Uh, but with all these cosplay covers that are tied into these number one launches. 
And again, but they're variants too. So they're variants. They, well, you know, and I didn't like the press release on that. I'll, I'll be quite honest. Where they said like, every fan has to have these. I'm like, they're variant covers. Not every <laughs> like, fan's no, going to have. They're this. just trying to make people's heads explode. This is like the stupid trading card game at D23, which right. we'll talk about a little later. Yes. Um, because I was saying to the comic book shop today that was the photograph of going for that last card on Sunday afternoon was the single scariest really? fan thing I've that. ever seen. We'll talk about it. Okay. How about that for foreshadowing people? All right. All right. I'm trying to convince Sal there's structure. Well, <laughs> there, there is. The Titanic had structure, too. Yes. <laughs> wow. No third. Terrible no, third are, act. You guys are terrible all, third act. <laughs> you guys are alternately making me both happy and sad that I decided to just skip Secret Wars entirely. I jumped off the Marvel train when I saw it coming because I just didn't want to get sucked. I think it's a valid strategy. I, and if you if you wanted to take a break from comics, I you know I don't think there's going to be anything from I'm gonna, this. I, I'm going to say something heretical. And yeah. it took me a long time to jump on this because, you know, um, Rick has been... Rick is what we call an early adopter mm-hmm. of technology. Mm-hmm. Um so he was the first person I knew with a hand crank phone in his home uh, way back when. <laughs> way back then. Uh, but, uh, I had delivery to the household. But he got the di- Digital Comics Unlimited, the Marvel app, where if you can wait six months, then it's all available digitally yeah. for $10 a month, a subscription fee. So I can catch up with that. So like I say. There's no guarantee that it's going to be there. They Some stuff may not be there. They, well, they don't have a publishing you know, schedule for this stuff. they did upload, you know, like – what 10,000 Marvel yes. you know, 10,000 Star Wars comics so I alone no it's not that many I don't think Dark Horse published that many but right. but you know the, the the entire Star Wars library is up there but I'm catching up on series that were pre-Secret Wars but for example um, Jessica Jones alias is not up there Ooh. and you'd think that'd be one that would be up there and for, I would say why I, I'd say why out. because that was a that was a max title and I suspect that they they don't yet have a filter interesting for yeah age, they don't have an age gate but you know what they just did they just re- they just announced reprinting both uh, volume one and volume two of the collections. Okay, with nice new covers. So I've got those. So, yeah, that, that'd be that'd be that's a great announcement to say. Yeah, but, you know, I wouldn't. You know, I just say I think that's why they have because they don't want some mom going by and seeing. Yeah, pardon me, earmuffs. If you are under twelve, um, that you know. And whether this shows up on the Netflix series Dropping or not. Dropping the F-bomb. Uh, well, and well, getting and it there's, up there. There's, yeah, there, there's a single getting, Luke Cage. As they said yeah. in Leaving Las Vegas, getting some unexpected backdoor deliveries. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Although I don't think Jessica was unexpecting them. No, she was expecting them. There yes. was uh, there was a knock. Uh, so, uh, so. You, so we'll see But there. I think it was a valid... The nice thing about this, is, I think, is it is nicely, um, nicely encapsulated in this in this scenario they've got and then the new world would come out you'll get all first issues so with a lot of interesting questions yeah. as to how the status quo i mean the big thing is how did miles morales get into this new, into this world you know um spider gwen is still going to be a parallel universe there's yeah. no there's no way to get around it they promised us that wasn't going to happen but spider gwen's too popular which awesome flip side and then this segues really well is that um, DC is taking a huge, I, and I don't want to say really well because I'm not happy about this, but mm-hmm. DC took a huge loss the, in the first quarter of 2015. And this is I, this is a corporation, I think, responding too quickly. Is that when I read deeply in this article about this $2 million loss for DC, yeah. that really almost all of that loss comes before convergence. 
and mm. and so the order has gone down that you are no that they are not that the bat girling as they say of mm-hmm. the DC universe is to go away and they're going to go back to as Dan DiDio called it the meat and potatoes essentially of the new 52 but the reality is that these sales reports, this loss came in partially because you moved your entire organization from the East Coast right. to the West Coast. Your regular books fell off entirely. They haven't had enough of the sales report in. I mean, I think this is third issue of the, and we know from the old days, you don't know sales for, for three or four months anyway. So right. they're so are you about, saying that the loss was before convergence? Yes. Okay, so... But they had announced convergence, and they announced that everything was going to change. And but this is before they had announced the changes of like the you know Bizarro Batmite uh, Prez. I but mean, we can no, start. But they a, announced right. that they were going to change everything. No, so, they did not announce they were going to change everything with convergence. No, convergence was meant to be. It was the band aid while they moved offices. They had everything done before oh, that's they right. moved. That's right. Originally, it was just and then to be... they changed the ending because right. they realized that Secret Wars was coming, so they had to respond to that that's and right. say this is going to be illegitimate. They didn't want this to be DC's. What was that really bad one? In the that was actually oh, kind of fun. Hmm. The DC mystery where like they did it. It was an exquisite corpse thing. Where you where the one creative team would write one issue, leave oh, it on yeah. a cliffhanger, provide them the title of the next issue's story, yeah, and no explanation as to how what they were thinking. So it was DC Challenge, I think was what oh, it was called. Yeah, it was a fun twelve issue mini. So I mean, that's what it was. It wouldn't mean anything, right. Originally, it was just a chance to bring like, hey, remember? And, and as we pointed out at the time, remember when you liked what we were doing with our books <laughs> before it was New Fifty Two. Um, that you know, was that was the, that was the kicker, right? It was yeah. it was all the stuff about. But there's you know, and out of it, because uh, I went over this, there's going to be like a, a Lois Lane, Mrs. Superman book. So they are bringing, they've announced some of those things still. The consequences of of the DC universe uh, of the convergence, but they're going to go back. A lot of things are going to get canceled. They're no longer a twelve issue commitment. It's down to six issue. And I think one of the things with making it more alternative, like I really like the re- restoration of Constantine into a complete bastard. And he's not that I ever thought this was a major part of his character, but that he's bisexual again, that he's, well, he's really omnisexual because with, any, with anything, yeah, yeah. but, but that it, they're really making it. It's not, it's not G rated or PG rated and accessible to anybody going, Oh, this is the cute supermodel Constantine. This is a scraggly yeah. guy who's, been on the wrong side of hell a lot of times yeah and He's so burn out it's by an the magic. interesting book but the other thing when you think about those things i don't know what batgirl's sales have been but if you're trying to ape what's going on with like image with many alternative books is what is considered a success for image those sales figures don't have to be nearly as high no no, no. as mm. what is as what warner brothers uh, warner entertainment expects out of dc what is a what is a success for dc it's kind of interesting. I, I, this is not really a, a divergence from the convergence discussion, but the is there going to be an insert? You know, you know the one book that is really resonating for me, and I was ready to drop this before it all started out. I mean, not the one book, but the one character who's in a lot of books. Young Love, Batmite. Nope. Tell me, it's nope. Batmite. Nope, Batmite's fun. I like Superman. That. Oh, I like the new Which, depowered Superman. Well, but they're going to yeah, go back to and I, I, that's what I when you say that I'm going they're going to drop that entirely but this has been making the character more interesting. He's had to think about what what are 
Did when I is act- he going to expend the power? What mm-hmm. is the consequence of that super? Did I act no, that I- way because I was invulnerable and I knew I couldn't get hurt? And when he's heroic now, he's heroic. No, a- a- absolutely. And I like what Jean Luen Yang has been doing with it. And we need, you know, I got a verbal commitment out of him to come on the show. But, you know, the next time we're like at a live venue. So we do enjoy doing that. Having an audience, you know, is, is, you know, Gene said he'll, he'll, he'd be happy to come Excellent. out. Excellent. Because he's local. Yeah. Which people forget. I mean, we shouldn't have said that. I don't know where, where, I don't, I have no idea where he lives. You're not going to, we're not going to dox him or anything. Wait a minute. Is he back behind that no. cabinet? You've had Gene Luen Yang this entire time. I let him out of the cellar. No, no. Um, bad just, Rick. just write your Superman story. Bad then go Rick, back yeah. Well, they just Dark Horse just announced he's doing, uh, the next, uh, version of, of avatar the last mm-hmm. airbender he's been writing that for dark horse and they're doing a new season of that so he's very excited to be, to be there's been a lot of publicity around. i think entertainment weekly and maybe even newsweek interviewed still him for a very it. very popular book yeah i i you know I, well i, I, I just think he's read, gotten more press out of that than he did for superman probably, probably because the reality is that there's also there's a dissonance uh, there's guys like us who still read superman right and there are kids who buy the action figures in the pajamas Mm-hmm. But the books that are the guys like us who buy the action figures in pajamas. Right. Shh, did you see that Underoos has exclusively online Aquaman Underoos? How si- how big the size do they go? <laughs> no, they're adult sized. Are they? The, the sad thing about the Underoos, right? The Underoos revival. I don't think they make them for kids. <laughs> and I think there is something wrong. Footies. And, and yet I'm glad. No, no, no. It's Underoos, not footies. Oh, they're just um, Underoos. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway. Uh, but the thing is, like, that what kids are responding to is the stuff that they see on Nickelodeon or yes. they picked up from mm-hmm. web comics. Right. Like, we just ran, I don't know if you saw, to say honestly, because, you know, Rick's been out of town as well, that, you know, um, Top Cow is bringing Witchblade to a close. I saw that. Argument. Because I felt yes. like, you know, and I thought, well, good for them because it's never a character I responded to. But um, the thing is, you know, that, that's almost out of it's from another time. That yeah. bad girl look that everything really is. Right. That was 20 years ago when it was launched. It, it was running. It's lasted longer than honestly with the kind of press that this lack of, that lack of inclusion or diversity has had. Right. I'm surprised it lasted this long. But then to find that they're doing uh, Switched, um, you know, uh, that's what it was called, Switched, is this revival of, of the care of the concept as a high school girl who discovers and it's probably going to be a lot more appropriate and accessible but what I did not realize so it's the guy who, I assume is a guy who does Death Vigil right yes and Justin told me that the other day yeah so it's the guy who does who does Death Vigil which I like yes and um, but it's been a webcomic yes for a while so that they can lead from webcomics and I have no idea and where DC's success has been is doing those like you know Batman 66 is a web comic first mm-hmm. or a digital comic that is slightly different yes but there's a there's big the only one that I that I can tell so far the only company that has not had success doing hard copies is Madefire because one of the things I mean Madefire does some really cool titles right but one of the things that that is cool about them is there being a motion comic is there three dimensionality their ability to manipulate the scene which you can't do in a book. So suddenly, you in right. that case, you really have lost something by going to print. So, and in fact, yeah. you know, I whereas doing, uh, the thrill bent stuff, I saw another thrill bent book, uh, Insufferable, on the on the shelf uh-huh. today. They're, they're from IDW, they yeah, get it. Mm-hmm. and they're doing they're doing that paper now, but that is done in a very minimalist online style. There's no animation of the of right. The it's just a, it's just a web comic yes. for a subscription. And uh, Ace's and Weekly, it's a great story too. Ace's Weekly from David Lloyd is doing the same thing, only they're not going to print. Uh, so uh, 
which we had reviewed a couple a couple years ago. But I, there's some really cool indie creators that are doing stuff for David, who is the co-creator of V for Vendetta. Mm. Um, so he's been running that, and it's out of England, and that's one of the things that I think makes it a little more inaccessible to an American audience. And I hate to say that, but it, but it's true. Um, you know, it was because it is more like the British comics style. There's some stuff that is more appropriate for like Beano and, and a sensibility that's just different. Yeah. And I don't, I shouldn't even call that inaccessible. I just think it's different than what it our resonates more expects. with the British. I mean, the British but, comics, but did. I would bet, but Batten Lash is doing a strip for him. Yeah. And so I would bet that kids, if they find out about aces weekly would probably really enjoy it hmm. because they're used to reading things online in a way that, that, I'm slowly adjusting to even the strips that I really, really liked. I've stopped, you know, I just can't, I can't remember to go in and check it, you know, on a, on a daily basis. Cause I'm just, I just simply don't have time to go to that website. Yeah. So it's CNN. Are we still here? Great. What's bleeding cool say? All right. Oh, time for bed. Great. Uh, you know, can I have my oval teen now? Um, so I think that's it. For Why the are you older than me? <laughs> No, you're the one that just got the hand cranked phone. Uh, you know, and, and why am I older than you? Oval teens, they still make it. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying that I, you know, I can show you some things in in uh, in Chrome about how to manage the pages better, so you won't miss any of that stuff. But. No, it's not. But it's not about missing. The, it's a. It's about having the time to go I and read it. Whereas I if understand. I have a book. At least it sits in a stack, and I go, crap, i got to get to that. Someday I'll look at that. Someday I'll get to that. I've made a commitment of reading two a night uh, this this week, so I'm, I'm happy. Um, so let's talk about some of the books that came out this this week. You go first, because your stack is bigger. Well, cause... I'm not going to do all these books. I'm just going to, okay, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna blow the... You start with that one. Boom. Um, this has been a weekly event. Ooh, I've got three issues in This a is row. what's in the bag. This is what's in the bag. We, we don't have, have, a, we have sing a, that. We have a song for what's in the bag. Really? Without Nate, we can't do it. It's... What's in the bag? What's in the bag? All right. Um, Paul Cornell, who I interviewed, one of our uh, Comic-Con podcast interviews yes. was about his book, This Damn Bad Band from Dark Horse, which apparently sold out. So good for him. Second issue comes out next week. Uh, but that's not the, the books I picked up because I hadn't been to a comic shop in three weeks. So I've been out and about traveling. Uh, came in and... and <laughs> When they've got a weekly series, there's no better way to purchase than in one huge lump. So I'm going to count this as the Doctor Who Four Doctors uh, miniseries, five issues, but I only have three, uh, by Paul So they're only up to Cornell. three, or did you they're miss They're only up to three. Okay, they're only up to three. So the third came out. So you've got John Hurt on the cover. You've got David Tennant. You've got Matt They Smith. started with Hurt? That's cool. They started with Hurt because the big deal was that the War Doctor's coming. Yes. And then, you know, they did announce, too, that they're going uh, to do an Eighth Doctor series as well. So I oh, do who, 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 Titan announced? books, Titan Titan books. books. Okay, okay. right after Comic-Con because they waited till after so all the big So Titan ones. Books is going to do a War Doctor series. No, they're yeah. going to do an Eighth Doctor series. War Doctors included this mini-series called Four Doctors. Okay. But they are going to do an ongoing series of Eighth Doctors. So they do an Eighth Doctor, a Ninth Doctor, a Tenth Doctor, an Eleventh Doctor. Okay. And but no ongoing war, war doctors. What is fantastic about Doctor Who is that you can have your own universe of books. And <laughs> and it's all the same character, but it's not. So there's this great crossover that is like one of the untold stories of the war doctor and how he encountered or how his adventures crossed over with the with the later incarnation. Every time I see John Hurt, 
dressed as the doctor i just i giggle inside i just think that was just so awesome which is funny that he's the only modern doctor who never watched doctor who he's not a fan at all yeah. he just like he said it was a good part they offered huh. him the script and he read it and said oh this is you know it's pretty good so he agreed to do it but um he did a very good job oh, yes yes amazing. so so you've got this coming and i'm probably since it's a weekly event it's probably about a month and a half two months away from tight uh from titan collecting as a trade the other interesting thing associated with Titan Books is that they have, I saw from Scott Tipton's Facebook page, they have picked up the reprint rights to the IDW stuff. So they are going to be packaging, Titan's going to be packaging that and reprinting. Because we straightened out at Comic-Con, we'd heard behind the scenes that one of the problems with IDW having the license was that it was American only. So they couldn't distribute their Doctor Who books in England and Europe oh. worldwide. So Titan... BBC reversed that and said Black Titan market. is free to distribute in, in America. So, anyway, the IDW stuff, which had some pretty good books for Doctor Who, is going to get reprinted in uh, in trade paperback form. So it's not it's not gone forever. Prisoner of Time was great. So go ahead. My first book is... Just uh, it's actually one of my favorite movies and favorite books and favorite directors. Nicholas Meyer's... The 7% Solution. Speaking of Scott Tipton, who we also interviewed at Comic-Con. So that's in David previous and Scott podcast. Tipton. His brother, David, yes. And, I don't know uh, David. If you don't know this story, it's it was uh, about the this was about the time that the publishing world just broke loose with a lot of uh, Sherlock Holmes Because well, the first time he passed, in, stories. he passed into public domain. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the um, Myers wrote this story. It had been hinted that Holmes, t- during periods of ennui, would would offset the ennui with a seven percent solution of cocaine, uh, and would. Yeah, I don't think it was rumored. I think it was explicit. No, it in the it books, was explicit but, in the books, uh, but no one understood the consequences. Then right at the time they were written. At the that, at the time, it was like, oh, I had a brandy. You know, I I had some cocaine. Or in, a glass of wine with a podcast. In this story, Holmes's addiction has gotten a little bit too rough, and Watson. Watson moves to make Holmes think he's going on a case where in fact he's going to Vienna to meet with a psychologist who is discovered who is working on methods of working with the addicted personalities and people who just happens to be named Sherlock uh, but happens to be named <laughs> Sherlock Freud Sherlock, oh. Sherlock, <laughs> Sigmund Freud uh, played by Alan Arkin in the movie I remember that it was yeah. wonderful um, it was uh, Nickel, Nicholas uh, Nickel. It's not Nickel Williamson. Merlin. Merlin. Famously um, difficult actor. Yes. A dream to some, um, a nightmare to others. So yeah. Nicholas Myers, who Very people will recognize <laughs> as, as the director of Star, Star Trek Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. And Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Yes. Um, the two best original and an uncredited writer of Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home, which suddenly makes a lot more sense. And this is this is a uh, uh, just a, I think it's nicely illustrated version of the story. I'm looking forward to this. I don't know how many episode issues it's going to be. Probably six. Probably six. Um, the thing about Meyer's books, he wrote a couple of books in this series: The Canary Trainer, and I think there may have been a third one. Um, but he he brings other historical figures. Did he write Murder by Decree? No, no, murder, uh, murder by decree was something. I remember else. the, I, yeah. I remember the the canary trainer, and then uh, yeah, there is Can, a third one. Yeah, I think so. I've got them on the shelf over there. We can yeah. look. Um, anyway, uh, looking forward to this. This is uh, this came out today. I was going to sit down and read it, but I did not uh, find I mean, the, how, the right how, time. How the, deep was your envy when Scott 
admitted that he was like in weekly phone calls with Nicholas Myers about this adaptation. Um, not terribly deeply, admiring the fact that he had been and, yeah. and that that that. Uh, All right, just maybe look forward to it. Dude, I just, I just you know, you you know, I know Scott Tipton. No, I didn't know you know Scott. Yeah, we were both at UC Santa Barbara. Oh, oh well, yeah, so. Well, I know Scott Tipton. Now we all See, know, we all know, know Scott, Scott Tipton. Tipton. That explains there was when I posted that photo and you said these were two of your favorite comic nerds. Yeah. So, I, I, um, yeah. I, yeah, I got to go with this because I want to make sure that people get this. Um, from Kaboom, I love, first of all, touting children's books that are great series. And Kaboom is a compa- uh, an imprint of Boom Studios that has been doing great kids' books. Oh, yeah. You missed it? Did you get this? N- no, but I saw the animated um, right, and I version. ran right before D twenty three. Maybe it was during uh, near the tail end of Comic Con. We got uh, news about the announcement of this over the garden wall. Uh, this is a four issue miniseries. that's sort of a midquel. It takes place in between episodes. Oh, okay. Um, did you watch this miniseries on the Cartoon Network? You have children. I do have children. I watch a lot of Cartoon Network. You but should I, find this. It's coming out wonderful, of dry humor. The, it, it, the, an, the art style and the animation was sort of like a 20s, almost like a Max Fleischer. Okay. Yeah. A Fleischer Brothers cartoon uh, with a very... Um, with a hint of... A, a melancholy attitude about it. And they're... Uh, one, uh, just talk about the, the, the animated, is that this is Tim Curry's first voice role since his stroke. Oh. And so he's playing, plays a character, and Christopher Lloyd does a voice. There's an opera singer who was the villain. I, I didn't know who it was. I looked him up and went, oh, that's really cool. That's so they got. And Jack Jones uh, voices their pet frog who sings, because there's one whole episode dedicated to frogs who sing from the American Songbook and from like the, to the, the 20s. And. But it is beautiful, and we watched it, and it's really it, it, it's um, it's melancholy because it's about a, a teen boy with a stepbrother, a little stepbrother who he finds annoying, and they get they who go, is so incredibly oh, open to life and, okay. and just funny as heck. But you know that kind of de- dealing with the the kids trying to adjust to being in high school and the social embarrassment and Halloween, and this thing about you tell there's a lot of anger repressed about. It's a new blended family, and they deal with it in this fantasy world on the other side where there's, I mean, there's a whole episode dealing with mortality. Yeah. I mean, and that's running through it, and it's all about, you know. It's, it, it's really made for the whole family to I, watch together and for kids a, to grow was, up with. Yeah. It's, it's, it was just, my son and I watched it, and, and he was just like, I, you know, Dad, this was, I loved this. You know, and, yeah. and we, we just said, and it was, but we said it on my mom, you know, because, hey, Mom, Jack Jones is. Uh, you know, you'll like this because you like. You know, we had Jack Jones albums growing up, and and it was just so. Yeah, I've been meaning so to look deep. and see if it's available. On so they Blu-ray did a yet. they did a one shot mm-hmm. uh, of this from Kaboom, and it sold out because nobody it took people by surprise. Wow! So now there's this this midquel involving Christopher Lloyd's character, um, and, and uh, so an adventure that was untold there between and uh, so this is definitely worth picking. And and the original creators of the cartoon are collaborating on this book. So if these things matter to you, it's totally in canon. Yes. Um, but what it really is totally is a solid, deep children's story that can be enjoyed by the entire family. I don't know why I'm holding this up as if as if we're on Periscope yeah, or something. Move it a little but, for the camera. You're getting a little yeah, clearer. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's Here we good. go. Is the microphone picking up this cover? It is. We're fine. Right. 
so uh, I'm just I'm just thrilled that I got this. I didn't get the one shot. I'm gonna have to you know. So I don't know what it's selling. Out. Well, for hopefully on, they'll collect it. I'm hoping because. Yeah. Again, and the DVD for uh, Over the Garden Wall, is it? which it, it will be coming in three or four weeks. Okay, good. If you go to the article on Fanboy Planet about Over the Garden Wall, the comic book, there is a link to the DVD on to Amazon. The pre-order. To the pre-order, yes. Okay. So, take good. care of that, because I don't want people to miss that. Actually, we've, I can say that. We've already sold, we've sold three. Through the link. Through the link. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So I'll go and use the link tonight to or pre-order mine. Excellent. All right. Next on your stack. My second book is Shield, issue nine. But this really is feels like a special because it's it's a double size issue. Extra size 50th anniversary because it's the 50th anniversary of Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a, a standard uh, Agents of Shield story with everybody in it, and uh, we even get some characters you might not have seen before. Like hmm. that lady with the uh, the white streak in her hair. I'm I'm surprised she has not shown up on the series. Yeah, uh, and uh, we've got uh, this. Actually, I, I I cheated a little bit. There was a uh, article I read on this. This is the first book that talks about all three ages of Shield. Ages of Shield. So you have the original one with with Nick Fury fresh out of the CIA yeah. forming it. Then you have this latest latest shield, which is the parallel to the TV show. But you also have the Hickman The 14th shield, century yes, uh, Leonardo da Vinci version. Which is referenced in this book oh, okay. as well. Hmm. Uh, I also like the fact that, you know, front and cover on the front and center on this, we have Nick Fury Sr. And I've been seeing him referenced in writing from Marvel as Nick Fury Sr. more recently and right. Junior as the the Nick Fury we're going. So I'm I'm heartened the to the Samuel fact that Samuel L. Jackson version is Junior. Because yes. I thought with, with the original Sin storyline that they were basically setting it up to say, Goodbye, Nick, you've been good to us, no, but you're gone. No, he's still out there. He's no, still, out there. He's, yeah. still, he's still going to be he's the part man on the wall. No, he's no, not. No, he's the not. Man he's the watcher. He's 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 uh, no longer the man on the wall. Is he the what? Is he the watcher? Yeah, he took over for he took over Watu's role, and okay. Bucky is the man. Yeah, on the Yeah, no, wall. I know Bucky's the man on the wall. I missed Nick Fury it. became the watcher. Um, yes. but one of the nice things about this is at the back end we have a reprint of the first oh, issue nice. of uh, Agents Agent of Shield, which I remember from Son of Marvel Superheroes that uh-huh. trade paper. Uh, I paperwork. have that on my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah which yeah. which reminds me, you know, I I went back and bought all the Marvel masterpieces. Son of Origins of Marvel of Comics. Origins. That's what it was called. The yeah. Marvel masterpieces. Uh, yeah, Shield books, like three of them, and coming out in a couple of weeks, and maybe it's October. There is a Shield Omnibus edition, right? Which we did talk about on the podcast because I love poking and saying, "How many times have you purchased the reprints?" Yes, I. But I've been looking into what it has now. And Jim Steranko, if you're listening, Rick would like to just you know. I just want to break into your I home and watch you sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> your way sounded gentler, but mine was more honest. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I originally said I don't. He's think a tiny I, man too. You could tell. You'll be the big spoon. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna. I was gonna buy that that uh, that new one. I think if you go back to the tape, I probably said no. I've got the I've got the three. <laughs> you ones. mocked me a couple weeks ago for talking about the tape, and you just did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so well, I was trying to reference. I was giving, We've got to roll a masking tape. You, here we go. We just you, mark things down. You older guys, you need your references. Sure. So, um. 
but it's got the 15 issue run. What are those wax cylinders behind the 50, you? 15 inch issue Steranko run, which in a in an oversized, high quality, digitally correct. I'm just going to like plots for that stuff. The covers. If I could get posters of the covers of about eight of those issues, I'd be a happy man. Those were just. You terrific. wouldn't even notice that Debbie had left. I would. <laughs> I probably wouldn't. Maybe a month later, go. What? Uh, wait a minute, Debbie. Can I get coffee? <laughs> she doesn't make me coffee. I know, I know. So um, uh, that's and you know I, I will I will tell you it is a six dollar book, but uh, it's, well you know it's a double size. I don't mind paying the six dollars if you've get you know it's like that Ant Man one where they did reprint right. the first two stories. Yes. I went back and picked it up. The new story worthless. Yeah, those first two stories with Jack Kirby art before they really knew that he was going to be well the first one they didn't know he was going to be. A it's just a it's just it a, a weird science story. story. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and, then, and reading those, I'd never read them before. So that was totally worth yeah. picking up for five, six bucks, whatever yep. it was, you know. So good. Um, yeah, I I, yeah, I can't even speak to that one because that one's old. Um, it does uh, have a Steranko. Uh, uh, yes. Talk they, about Because they did mm-hmm. uh, for Secret Wars do Hank Johnson, Age of Hydra. But it's not the first time they've done a Hydra. No. It's, it's, uh, you know, because well, it was Bob, the ag- agent of Hydra. I want no, to. No, I was just talking. It's the same. It's the yeah, it's agent that of shield. Yeah, uh, it's that classic. Montage cover, behind Yeah. It. But I want to focus on one of the books that I think DC is doing right, and no one's more surprised than me so far. First issue, uh, this is actually the second issue now of Cyborg uh, by uh, David Walker with uh, even uh, Yvonne Rice and I can't remember what Prado's first name is. Um, anyway, a great art team making a character that uh, Joe Prado, that's it, um, making a character that I have always felt like Jeff Johns was forced to the front and center of the DC universe. And I, and I thought it was forced, but this book is actually making a case for me. Once they've slimmed him down, made him not quite so angst filled yeah. about mm-hmm. being, about or, being partially, about machinery. partially machinery. This yeah. is a cyborg who's accepted. He's, he's, this is convincing me. He's a badass crime fighter. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm pretty into this and ready for them to, this book convinced me that maybe he can carry a solo film, which he's going to have because Ray Fisher was cast for the Justice League, uh, for the DC Cinematic Universe. So I am all down with this. It's funny that you mentioned the, the whole angsty thing because I think my favorite version of Cyborg to this date is the one on Tiny Titans. Tiny Titans or Teen Titans? Teen Titans. Teen Titans. Because there is a Tiny Titans right, too. No, no, the, but on Teen, but Titans, Teen Titans Go, who has no angst whatsoever, no, he's totally, except he's that like, very disturbing thing where his head pops out and his bot, his circuits look like balls of yarn together. <laughs> have you seen any episodes where he does that and he walks on his no, on his I circuits? I, I've seen. I've, I've seen. It. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's 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 wonderfully disturbing. And but he's happy. No, he's absolutely happy. And you know, we again we interviewed uh, Kari Payton, who mm-hmm. voices him. Uh, who's also he's cyborg in the um, Injustice Gods Among Us, and he does cyborg for the Lego uh, uh, Justice yeah, League movies, which does. is uh, there's a new one out this week, uh, Attack of the Legion of Doom. So very exciting, to, excited to watch that. But he also played Granny Goodness in um, Wow in the 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 Gods and Monsters one that just came out. So he's uh, he sold himself short in our last conversation because I've talked to Kari a couple times. Our last conversation, he goes, "Well, I just do one voice; it's just me at different moods." But he's a lot more versatile a voice actor than he gives himself credit for. And so, uh, yeah, I, but I'm with you. That team, that cyborg is the one I would like to read more of. Yes, and this one's closer Good. to that than Good. he's been in a long time. That Teen Titans is the one I'd like to read more of. 
Teen Titans Go, that yeah. that, that funny version. Yeah. yeah, I mean they had a book for a they while. Did. Yeah. still kind of. I, I think it's still around. They yeah, they they, around. they do it, but I don't. I don't think it sells as well. That's the, you know that's what's. I don't think DC does a great job of advertising that they've got this very accessible line for kids. Yeah, but it's where is, they're putting that absurdist stuff that yeah. you know is lacking from. As you said, all the angsty stuff is everywhere else. But that's what I'm liking about Batmite, Bizarro. I haven't read Prez yet, but... Bizarro cracks me up, and yeah. I didn't think it would. So, All right, you've got one last time. My last stack. one is you... the book you just dissed, uh, Ant-Man? No, I'm no, 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 that was, no. I this don't diss the character. I just diss that. The, the last couple of issues. This is an issue one of the last days of Okay, Ant-Man. I didn't diss the last couple of issues. It was the movie tie-in with a pre with a prequel story that was like oh, eight pages. One. Okay, okay, okay. That did not. That was just like, yeah, this doesn't matter to the movie whatsoever. Because that's what I hate when you do a tie-in right, and it's like nothing. Right, that, right, right. That's just cash grab. So um, I'm hoping that uh, Ant Man will be. This is this is of course one of the last days issues, and we all know. You know, I haven't picked up any of the last days issues. The last days issues always end up with, and I'll show you the panel sequence. It's a, a, a dissolve to yet. blank. You know, it's like the so world. I read the Deadpool one because that yeah. was funny. I, Deadpool looked up and went, they didn't solve this? <laughs> and it's actually, it's like he's going, I may actually call you. You know that? Now that I think about it, maybe it's not so bad if the world ends. Oh, see, that's again, that's just inappropriate about Secret Wars. So. Yeah. That's the downside. Is you know I don't I don't know if you picked up the zero issue they had of it. No. Uh, the or the free comic book day issue where it was all the little kids right. from Future yes. Foundation, like having to basically deal with the fact that, with the that all their friends were going to die. All the younglings of the Marvel and Universe. Oh. And it's like you know that's I don't know who gave that one. The here's the thing. I think like we're all into it right now, but I do wonder if like ten years from now we're going to look back and go, what was Marvel thinking giving Jonathan Hickman the keys? To everything, you know, I, I think that what we're going to end up with is not going to be as disturbing as it could be. I mean, I've, I've heard a couple of things that have been a little weird, but um, okay. The, I, actually, the weirdest one I've heard, no one, no one but me is going to care about, and that is uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I just pre-ordered it. Yes, yeah. uh, I, I saw that, and I thought I didn't have time to run that one, but I knew if I did. It was for Rick. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that uh, I think the we've been we've gone on a nice little ride with Secret Wars, and I think it's going to come out. We're just going to be back at the beginning of the roller coaster again. I mean, yeah, I think and it's fine, and maybe it will be a legitimate jumping on point, And I'm hoping it is yeah. because there are a lot of people that are intrigued by the titles. And this is DC, by the way, should have taken a page from this. Yes, they've done a remix. Yes, there are a few alternative things, but Marvel is still essentially. Th- there's a lot of, as you say, the meat and potatoes that were working. You're going to mm-hmm. get an all-new, all-different Avengers? Well, no. You're going to get a team made up of characters you recognize that have already been proven to be successful and it's elsewhere. it's not like that's never happened before, even right. without a world-shaking event. Right. You know, you know and, sp- and amazing Spider-Man will go on. You know, Peter and I've Parker. liked the issues where Peter Parker's been in Europe before. You know, Yeah, they, so it's all good. And now he's going to be James Bond. Yeah. Um, he is. Well, yeah, just like they did with Grayson. Yeah, Grayson's been, I believe, one of the success stories for for DC. You know, and isn't it funny that nobody really complains about? Oh, they've ruined Robin. 
you know, they ruined this Dick Grayson character by turning him to something else. They refused to let other characters change, but Dick Grayson's been because Dick Grayson always grew. That and that was one of the reasons Dan yeah. Dio didn't like him was because you know he's going to get older than Batman someday to keep his growth. But fans liked that concept. There are licensing reasons why other characters can't age, mm-hmm. you know, which you do under you know you do understand. Like when Azrael took over as Batman, you knew it was going to revert. Jim Gordon is Batman right now. You knew that was going to revert eventually. Right. But the character who's allowed to grow and change who became because Jason Todd showed up. So Because Dick they Grayson, slotted somebody into that age group. Right. So Dick Grayson became Nightwing. And then Nightwing was Jason difficult in, in Red Hood. Red Hood. And, uh, and Tim Drake is Red Robin. And then the best Robin of them all, Damien, Damien. is Robin. Son of Batman. Son of Batman. <laughs> um, what a great book that is. Absolutely. And and then, you know, and Dick's been allowed to yeah. grow and evolve as a character. And that's, you know, when anytime any editor says that, says that, like, you know, why Peter and Mary Jane had to, their marriage had to be dissolved by Satan uh, was because. <laughs> it was the closest thing they could get to Dan DiDio? No. Because, oh. no, because, because they said nobody, no readers interested in reading that. I'm like, then, 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 then your writers are failing. Yeah. Because there is conflict. And it can be portrayed as, as positive, you know, as positive. There's something to be said for he's still Spider-Man, for gosh yeah. sakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but let's let's be realistic about it. You know, and, and 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 if you can run a book called Spidey about his early days again at the simultaneous as you've got him in that, then nobody has a problem. Everyone can get what they want. For gosh sakes, I you know. I used to talk this way about Earth One, Earth Two, Earth Three. Listening to my son talk about all the different Pokemon and all these different games that, and, and, and all the different TV series that Pokemon's had, kids have no problem keeping it straight because they're young enough that that's really all they have to have focused is school. And then, you know, what are their other worries? Have I caught all the Pokemon in Pokemon XY? Yeah, you know. <laughs> so. You know, getting back to Robin for a second, I just finally sat down and watched Batman v Robin versus. I Robin. haven't watched that one yet. Um, and one of the, one of the most interesting parts of it was there's a battle sequence between Robin and Nightwing. Yes, and their dialogue back and forth is terrific, and they they talk through a lot of what it is that makes the Batman's yeah. partner. Um, that was that was really. I mean. I've, that's the second in the Tim Drake movies, right? Uh, not in, not in Tim the, Drake, in the Damien, in the Damien yeah, because the Son of Batman and there's Batman, uh, Batman, Batman versus, versus, Robin. versus Robin. I want to say V, but that's not right. Yeah, uh, Batman versus Robin v coming up, which the Justice League movies alternate with. So they're all set in the same universe. Yeah. It's the same Batman. We haven't seen Tim. Uh, you got me doing it, Damien. Yeah. in those Justice League movies yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, highly recommend that. Let's movie. talk D twenty three. It makes Sal a little jealous. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we were gone down to the D23 2015 Disney Expo at the Anaheim Convention Center. We all showed up, had a lovely time. Uh, well, we did and we didn't. We were air conditioned most of the time. You were. You didn't see the difference because you got you got in. I was in that line in the sun. Oh, yeah. When they hadn't figured out how to let people in. So two hours in that sun, and there was I, I was definitely a two-toned man. I took off my shirt, and I had tanned neck nicely, up. neck up beautifully, and was just, oh, pale as a rotting and Nerd fish. credibility. Uh, yeah, totally. The the thing, I, and to clarify that. I was almost swarthy. They had it set up so there was one door for everyone to go through. So all your credentials were going through one set. Now, at the door, they had three or four people 
scanning badges when you went in. But there was just one door for 50,000 people. And miscommunication, because on Friday morning, one of the things is if, you, oh, if, you, if you'd spent the night in line, yeah. as some did to get into the Disney Legends panel at yeah. 10, which is the one I wanted to see most, being Danny Elfman was going to be there, George Lucas was going to be there, and then a surprise guest, Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp. Uh, you know, a surprise. Um, they let those people in. Yeah. Then some people that showed up early that morning, they let in. And then some other security people came by and told them, no, you shouldn't have scanned badges. Shut it down. So both the exhibition floor and the hall and and the Disney Legends panel, apparently the exhibition hall for the first hour was like a ghost town. We got there at 7 o'clock in the morning. Right. And we were trying, we wanted to get into the Legends thing. We were. Did we you were, get into Legends? No. We were ping-ponging back and forth between the entryway to E and the back of the line for general entry, being told different stories by yes. different people yes, as no to where two, we wanted no to go. No two people knew the same thing. And it was just insane. We literally walked back and forth four times through that, and that's not a small stretch. With uh, where I was in line, when I went forth to like check and see, I had... Uh, a friend standing in line, John, John Solomon, I will name check, name him. check him, you know, uh, and Raphael, Raphael Navarro oh, showed up for a little while. Raphael. Yeah, he was there all weekend. Oh, so, nice. but I, I saw him and I said, you can stand in line. And I said, you guys wait here. I'm going to go check because I've heard that we can get into Holly directly. Yeah. And while I was gone, apparently a woman near uh, where we were in line passed out and oh. they brought parent, you know, they brought the, the stretcher out and the security guard was keeping him saying, and, and, when someone asked him, like, well, are we even in the right line? He goes, I don't know. They haven't told told me anything. I'm here just to make sure if something like this happens that we can respond. Well, that's interesting because on Sunday we were I mean, we were into the general. We didn't we didn't rush down. No, we rushed down on Saturday. By the way, it was like 90 degrees and we're standing yeah. outside. On in there. Sunday we we were back in line in front of the uh, the arena. Yeah, down there, and they actually ran the line into the arena. Good move. But they didn't they only ran it through like two loops. They could have easily put another uh, another four or five times as many people in there in the air conditioning and the shade and left everybody else. So like we were part of the lucky few who got into the arena while the line was. Okay, just and standing I can there. and I can tell you one other thing. And I and I understand why some of the uh Disney cast members who were working it had difficulty. Yeah. Okay was on Sunday morning, I was there. I was in line long before you for Disney Interactive, right? Because I wasn't going to get screwed right. over yet again, right? And then Interactive turned out to be nobody cares anymore. Uh, by that point, you know. No one uh, believes they By can get Sunday, in. they're all like, yeah, exactly. I think that, you yeah. know, because you got in. And I, I, just, got in. I kept texting Rick saying, uh, you know, there's still plenty of room. But what happened was, uh, you know, we were in line and we were in, in line for this hall, uh, you know, for Section B, whatever the the... the middle section was because I got in the right. middle section for interactive um, and then some people walked up and just kind of got into one of the you know because it was divided by it was you know by rows you got right. up and by row and so somebody was getting somebody just walked up and tried to get into a row that was already about to go in right and people are like we've been here for two hours yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know you'll get in buddy but that but back, the back there line. we've been waiting and we called over a person, and he's like, uh, I didn't see it. I can't. Yeah, and no. And, and, and basically, he said, he said, I, I don't have the authority. of I can't. If I didn't directly witness it. And so the person the person I was talking to in the line said, no, you can tell. If that if person that person gives you guff, 
you go and you get security because security is here. And the difference between conventions, as I found out, is like Comic-Con runs uh, – they contract out to a company that has expertise in running lines. Yeah. Most of D23 were people that were cast members for Disney. Right. They So the lines were set up by tape. There were no chains. People were not, you know, I mean. But people were staying, for the most part, in the tape. Because most of the people that are going are like, well, we're Disney files. You know, we know how this works. We Most people have a good attitude. I don't think things got ugly until, as I hinted, was, we talked about this trading card thing. So Mm -hmm. you, uh, I brought tonight, I brought my comics in this D23 bag from Target that everybody got, like the Comic-Con bags that you turned into a backpack. Right, not quite as big, but yeah, no, not quite as big, and not not quite as well constructed. But to be fair, it took Comic Con a couple of years to perfect that. Yeah, you know, oh, so no, I can I, yeah, the first couple were really flimsy. Yeah, before they even evolved to making the a straps is style. breaking off in yeah. the middle, of the and that's floor. what happened with the first one of these I got. Yeah, uh, but each one had a guidebook in it, and then there was a, a cellophane wrapped pack of trading cards. So I think you got five initially. And you'd, you could download this D23 app. Right. And from time to time over the weekend, it would give you clues. Notifications. Notifications and clues. It was not a greatly designed app either. No. But it would give you noti- notifications and clues as to where one of – because everybody got a checklist of the 30 cards. Right. And they would tell you – give you clues as to where on the floor they were handing out individual cards. Right. So, like, uh, you know, if you want to come out to socialize – which I knew then would be the the Hatbox Ghost, the balcony on by Hall Hall Two, come out and socialize. So apparently by s- and there were never people dressed in like costume or anything. It was all just like just street people, clothes. The 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 extra cards I picked up was I happened to be walking by and somebody's like, "Oh, you want them? You want them?" Yeah, me too. And I, and I grabbed one. Oh, oh, that's what this game is. Okay. Yeah. But they were very limited, and so this is as I said. I said by Sunday. Almost all the activities were over, and I can't remember which card it was, but the last card everybody needed, they put out, you know, they put out their clue, and it was a mob scene because everybody had already shopped. All the major events were, events were over, so if you were still there, anybody you that had, had any, bought into this, else to do. they're there. So there was like you know I don't know how many cards they had but it was like it was like watching a Black Friday oh you know Walmart scene yeah uh, somebody posted that photo and I went oh I'm so glad I didn't buy into this I'm so glad yeah I didn't I didn't I I whenever I was walking by I I picked up whatever they had but yeah. I didn't even break open my open my package because I'm thinking I'm not into this what I'll do is I'll put mine up on eBay as an unopened package and 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 each package yeah. I did open it because I thought well you know, I'll see but um, each book you got had a different assortment it was a random common random was, it was a random except for i don't know like 10 that were only going on the to be floor. rare ones you know yeah and if you're gonna have, have an app make it virtual yeah. that's the other thing there wasn't anything about it it's like no they had all the images of the cards there in the in the app too yeah but it doesn't you know it doesn't do anything yeah uh, so anyway but once you got in once everything you got into everything it was it, it, you forgot all those things because there were cool things happening the exhibition floor itself had some really cool things i've still got lots of photos from the, the shanghai disneyland really Disney nice resort. a pavilion of uh of third-party sellers oh yeah that was Which great surprised to me that they did that but i'm glad they did because so i saw some really cool statuary things. and tons of disney pins and 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 people that are you know fans and fan clubs yeah. and of course they had the those r2d2 builders or somebody selling coffee 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff there. The, Disney themselves had a lot of good stuff for animation. We saw uh, you know, a booth for Avatar, so you could preview the Avatar. Did you end up going into that? We did go into that, and they had a, they had a scale model of their Pandora. Pandora, the Which entry. Which is officially what they're going to call it. You're going to Pandora. It's not the Avatar world. It's Pandora at Disney Animal Kingdom. And a big part of that is the illusion of the floating rocks in the sky which is obviously going to be supported by the ivy and stuff that's coming down, which is really going to be girders and supporting structures and stuff. It's magical. Yeah. It's, Don't ruin it. That's still magical. Magical girders, man. Um, but I, I, I'm I, not going to become Navi. I, I, I was, I was intrigued by it, but you know, Avatar was a, for me, I think Avatar I, was a good movie, but it wasn't for me. A I life think, changing I, I know movie. that there were people very obsessed with it. I did not buy yeah. into that either. And I think the thing with Avatar was they, they made the deal prematurely yeah that i think there was a wave a deal happened and the reality is i sense a, a statement coming from over my shoulder yeah i think i think we've got a, a guest speaker who wants to chime in with her opinion of the pandora well actually what i really want to do is go back to animal kingdom because we saw it, um it in the parks been, and it had only been open about six months oh when you went when we were we went. the first time um and um you know, I really want to go back to yeah. see it. Um, actually, I really and want Pandora to see is in Animal Kingdom. Right. What I really say. want to see is the Harry Potter. That's not Disney. I know. Yeah. That's really what I want to see. But it's okay. In in <laughs> in six it. in six months, it's going to open it in Hollywood, and uh, you've been saying that for three years. But I can see the castle now. I can oh, see. Okay. I, I you can see it from the street and. Okay. It's. I find it rather taunting. Uh, but the Pandora thing was kind of, the, they've got a campaign for Animal Kingdom now to have a nightlife because it used to shut down at sunset. Right. You know, you couldn't, there was nothing going on in there. And now they're so going to So now have, they're turning on lights. Yeah, they're going to, they've got the endless savanna. Yes. Savannah? So, so, yes. Dr. Savannah, the endless yeah, Dr. That's, Savannah. That's what's throwing me up. And if you say Shazam there, something <laughs> well, bad will happen. But I, I, I'm imagining that's just going to be orange lights off in the, in the, one corner. I think that really is what it is. Over, over the I know, whole thing. I, you know, I, I don't know anything, but that's why like I was the, reading reports of that. The two sons of Tatooine. People, people felt that was a little disappointing. And, you know, I, I think Pandora's going to be great immersive because when Debbie says, whether that was Debbie, uh, when, when Debbie talks about the Harry Potter world, I think really both that and the announcement of Star Wars Land were they saw what they were committed. Because Disney lost the rights to Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, because J.K. Rowling wanted complete creative control, and it's a, and they would not give up that control. And one of the issues was the Imagineers were saying, your crowd control, your pass-through is going to be too slow. People aren't going to wait five hours for this if you make uh, Diagon or Diagon Alley the way that it is in the books, and you're going to have the, you know, if you put it to scale... There's no way you can get enough people through. Well, the reality is that in Florida, in the blazing heat, people are waiting five or six hours to get into the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah. And they're probably going to be lined up all the way down to Burbank at Universal Studios <laughs> Hollywood. On the 405. When Backed that opens. The yeah, you know, it's gonna, you know, are, are you hitchhiking? No, we're waiting to be wizards. <laughs> uh, you know, it's... It's, it might be easier just to go to Florida. It may, it may be. No, that's the Florida line. Yes. It's going to be all the way back over to 405. Route 66. Get your kick on Route 666. Uh, so anyway, that, 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 that Pandora was like their response. They lost Harry Potter, so they made the deal with Pandora, which I've, I've said to people too. I think James Cameron's trying to pull a Jim Henson and a George Lucas. Yeah. 
that he wants to make sure that his film legacy, his creations Doesn't last, get forgotten. and the way that it yeah. will do is if Disney owns it. So I wouldn't be surprised within a decade, if we're doing this podcast, we'll be talking about the purchase of Lightstorm Entertain- Lightspeed, Lightstorm, 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 Lightstorm Entertainment from James Cameron uh, to the Disney Disney Company, and then that's what Star Wars Land is too, because you're going to walk into Star Wars Land when that's done in 2025. I, you know, because you know they didn't say. When it will be ready? Yeah, there was no yeah. date. There was no there was date no whatsoever, date. and no specifics. I'm going to pitch you a ride right now for this, and this is based on technology. The Fanboy Planet podcast ride? No, 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 the, 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 a Pandora ride. So, and I've already seen where they take um, VR head headset. They put mm-hmm. you and they put you on a plank, mm-hmm. and then there are controller then planes. They waterboard you? No, they're they're you're you're, you are you're sick. belly down on this on this plank, and then there there are your arms are outstretched and your hands can pivot on this surface. There's wind blowing towards you. And what you're seeing is your view of a city as you fly through it like a bird with the wind blowing over. Now, add to that. Think, think of this as like Star Tours and you're getting on with a bunch I'll, of other I'll friends. Think of it like, a create, like an Imagineer here. The problem with that is what they're trying to, the illusion they're trying to create is you are a tourist. Right. And there already is a dragon ride which, they're, which they promise is similar to that. I don't know anything about it. They showed some concept sketches at the Parks and Resorts uh, thing. But, um, but, the thing about, but the thing about, you forget that the thing about Avatar was your body goes into another body mm-hmm. so you can work that part of it in you're going to transfer into a navi body for the purposes of this right. ride so you could work it in that way but i the video i saw of this of this uh the simulation they've got working right now was just amazing and if you threw that into av- the avatar world and you could actually see other people who were on the ride with you as they're yeah. they're all in the same mm-hmm. uh vr yeah. tank that I, I was looking at that and going, that's we've made it sound a little scary. No, that's and, the way he. Yeah. That's why Cameron talks about it. His uh, his world was a tank, and he dropped cameras into it. Okay, you know, um, yeah. Well, they already do that ride. It's in Las Vegas, and you you're uh, it's the <laughs> you're riding through the giant uh, uh, slot machine, and you're out flat like you're Superman, and it's uh, yeah, they do that ride already. Okay. But I think the <laughs> other thing is they don't want to be virtual. They right. want you to – because be, the first time I wa- uh, that I wore Oculus was I thought, oh, this is the death of the theme park. But when you attend, the, like, the parks and resorts uh, right. exhibition, you start going, no, we're still going to want that tactile, kinetic. We don't want to put on a helmet uh, or, or goggles to convince ourselves we're there. Disney – and Universal, clearly, they're not losing money with that Wizarding World. Right, right. Um, is convincing you, not that you've put on something, but that they have physically transported you, not put you into someone else's body. See, for me, this is more like the Iron Man experience. But that's not, but uh, yeah, the truth, that, the, I don't think that, I, I think that Iron Man experience is going to be a lot more like Transformers the ride. No, no, not that one. Like the one that they have in the World of Tomorrow oh. where you stand there and then you get imaged into the Iron Man's in the Interventions, right. Yeah. Um, where you get, you, you get, you're in the Iron Man outfit but you're watching yourself go through it. I think that, 
the I, Xbox Connect uh, experience yeah, exactly. is what it really was. It was kind of, but your body controlled. But I think that I, I actually think that one, uh, that one for Pandora. I think I, I understand the 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 current, but the current uh, ideology for this. But they made a big mistake with California Adventure too, and they've recanted on. They've done more dark rides, and they've done more. I you, we'll see because yeah. what I'm not sure when that's slated. To, I think they do have an opening date for. I think it's supposed to be 2018. Yeah. By which time James Cameron will have gotten to page five of his screenplay for Avatar <laughs> two, uh, you know. So uh, yeah, I mean that's we shall we shall see. We shall see. I'm just I'm still bitter that we didn't get any Marvel ride news other than the Iron Man experience, which we already knew was going to come uh, to Hong Kong, and there's still nothing in the United States. But you do have this very immersive. Whatever it turns out to be, this Star Wars land where I think one of the other crucial mistakes, apparently, uh, at least online, I was seeing a lot of chatter about people already like uh, saying, well, Bob Iger said, you know, and remember, everyone who works there, every cast member is an alien. You're going to be served at the canteen right. by an alien and right. we'll be taking auditions if you've ever dreamed of. But by not saying in two years will be ready to audition or three years because they didn't want to commit to a date. They've got people saying, now, what do I have to do? Yeah. All right. And they're getting flooded by people questioning. Uh, I would like to be, uh, you know, a I bet Michelle's one of those people. Uh, he already is in the Star Wars universe, okay? so Right. No, no he's not. He's in the Legends universe. No, no. He's really... I, we can't say what he does, but okay. he's, he's in another universe. Yes, I don't think he legally could do that in time anyway. Okay. So uh, he he's somewhere else. He's in a different... That has been mentioned somewhere else in a podcast yes. somewhere. Um, so uh, we, we saw that. We got Disney Infinity 3, which by the time this podcast comes out, will come out on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, can you feel the vibration of the excitement? Because that's weird. I was talking to somebody... What have you pre-ordered? No, I haven't. I haven't pre-ordered everything. I I did the uh, PlayStation uh, Deluxe set, so it comes with both Star Wars games, huh. uh, four figures plus Boba Fett, and uh, and then the Toy Box Takeover game is free if you pre-ordered, regardless of what system you used right, it right, on. Right. Uh, they also had a an ex- uh, GameStop had an exclusive figure from Star Wars Rebels, the tall alien. Oh yeah, the tall. Yeah. Uh, Wookiee stand-in that's yeah. in a, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what his name is I can't either but uh, but I, I pre-ordered that for my son because it was making up for his, up for my not letting him steal my Boba Fett uh, but I was in there last I, I, I was in there yesterday making sure that it was set up for, for Luke to get a system too and uh, you ordered GameStop yeah, at GameStop yeah. and uh, and I forgot where I, what I was going to go with that Um you went to GameStop to check on Luke's order. Oh, sure but I asked up. them. I said, "Are you going to do like a midnight release? Uh, you know, are you opening what time?" They said, "No, we're just opening at 11. And in fact, we're very surprised that we're we got this notification that we were launching a game on Sunday. Huh? Because that's not an. I said, no, "I thought it was a weird day too. I mean, because you've got Force Friday for toys coming up next Friday, so there's a midnight opening at Toys R Us." Uh, for the action figures that Walmart already accidentally leaked. Uh, and so they're doing a big party there. And when Disney Infinity One launched, it was a midnight release party at Toys R Us. And this just has nothing. They just said, you know, GameStop is the big carrier. You can go on to Amazon and you can pre-order the Inside Out set, and they've got Fear exclusive for thirty days. Yeah. But I just I had to look at it. And go. I'm not going to pre-order a whole bunch of stuff because eventually it's going to be three figures for 
the price of exactly. two or fifty percent off, and the discs are going to be cheap. Buy one, get one free. No, no, no. Uh, the, the discs are not going to be random bag. No, no, I know they're not going to be random yeah. bag, but I'm saying they're going to go on sale. They're going to be, sure. you know, and, be the, you, and if I, and if I wasn't overexcited, I would wait and just buy it all when it's like because Disney Infinity Two right now is forty bucks. Yeah, I I I only great ordered, deal. I ordered the by base. the way, Sal. It's only forty dollars. I was going to say this, get this sounds like so much money I'm saving right now by not. Getting either just being myself or my children Just being a year behind because you can get Disney Infinity and you can play with the Avengers and the Guardians of the well, Galaxy. See, and that's that's what's going to happen is that it's it's the kids. The kids are going to get me yeah. into it. And then you're going to have the toy because they're actually physically toys. Well, because you, well, the kids want the toys because yeah. we go yeah. to Toys R Us and my son will say, I want that. And I said, that's a different kind of game and I'm not buying you the figures that we don't have the game for. So what you're really saying is that Rick and I will never become Uncle Derek and Uncle Rick and like come by and say no. Tell well, Daddy that, wants to get that game. That, that these things these things may happen. Trust me, they've got people whispering in their ears. Okay. Right sure, they, they don't need us then. No, um, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I I only ordered the base starter set with Star Wars, and I'll get the whatever the the free additional one game is. I didn't even go for any of the extra figures because they're all going to be available later. They're all going to be available later. And I, keep going, I kicked myself too many times on the Marvel on the uh, yeah. on the 2.0. So. But the reality is what, one of the innovations I really like is introducing essentially Mario Kart racing to the system because that's a, a speedway takeover. They're calling it so this little expansion game there. That'll be fun. And I like yeah. the idea of having a, 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 a instead of building, well I mean I'm sure you can still build your own, but to have a game in that system with those characters is really cool. Uh, you know, counter move. I had not realized, but Jason told me that um, the new Skylanders, the Turbo Racers, yeah, uh, licensed Nintendo. So Mario and Sonic are in Skylanders now. Wow. So we're, ma- and, you know, and once you get Lego Dimensions, I mean, yeah, all these different franchises are just circling around for yeah. the souls of our children. Um, so. We shall see there. But, you know, the big thing out of that, out of that interactive was the Kingdom Hearts 3, how excited people were oh, yeah. for that. And the big thing to me, because... The, well, explain again, that a little bit because... Okay, Kingdom Hearts is people from Square working. Enix. So we went to, that was Sunday. We're almost like working our way backwards. Square Enix is the company that makes Final Fantasy. Right. Uh, and Kingdom Hearts was a combination of that style of game with Disney characters licensed in. So Square Enix owns the... The Sora, I think, is the is the main character. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they own the characters that look like Final Fantasy characters, and then they are traveling from world to world. And each world in Kingdom Hearts has been overcome by the darkness, and they uh, each world is a different Disney movie, basically. Right. So uh, my kids are are going back through 1.5 Remix. You know, I bought that, and so they've been playing playing 1.5 and they're almost done and my daughter had just mentioned you know dad you need to have 2.5 soon <laughs> it's like hey good she's engaged she's yeah. something she can talk about with me um and then three i don't think they quite announced a release date for that but then no. it's very solid but the interesting thing to me because i'm the continuity freak is that they said that the, they had announced at comic-con or e3 that tangled was going to be a world in kingdom hearts 3 then at, at D23, they announced that Big Hero 6 was going to be a world. But the thing that was intriguing was it is, if you want to treat it this way, a direct sequel to the movie. Because mm. it is there is a Baymax lost in the portal, and he is found and taken over 
by the darkness and so big hero six has to go and work with sora and mickey and donald and goofy to defeat the evil baymax left over so it's a direct so when that got announced i went you know <laughs> continuity freak it's actually in continuity like unlike many games that you could right, totally write right, off right, this right. is really happening to big hero six uh, you know so it's really these are the things that just keep me up at night um and then there, there is a crossover then with kingdom hearts not only did right. you all get a king mickey if you were at that panel a king mickey power, power disc, disc that would give him a costume is that if you get all the figures and activate everything in disney infinity one which I, remember, I felt like such a geek when we had the, leveled up the last figure. Because that one, I don't have all of 2.0 yet, but I did have all of 1.0's figures. You just have to go first level, or how many levels you have, you have to, to go? You have to get a statue. You have to, you have to get a statue, okay. which is first. I think you have to just be level one, bronze. If you get all of them in the Hall of Heroes in the middle, a lightsaber appears. Right. And so you have a lightsaber as a weapon. So As a usable weapon as in a usable the toy weapon. box. In Disney 2.0, if you have all the figures, you get a land speeder as a vehicle if you get all of 3.0's figures and get them into the hall of heroes you get the keyblade from kingdom hearts which the uh, just insanity yeah, out, the outburst of that was made what i and then here's the magic band thing is you know i did not realize i knew that you got the dragon with the magic band on 1.0 i didn't know that it again the magic band being the from disney world um it's a band that looks much the, like the, a the florida park disney yes, world um that that it's allowed you can just tap and they'll and you can just tap and charge to it's your basically room. like uh, uh, apple pay for rides yes. oh no yeah um and, and that's right you can do fast passes through it as well it actually if you're staying at a resort it's your key to your room too yeah. Which is good. No one can break in, but if you tap it on on the portal for 1.0, you get a you get a dragon and an environment for the dragon. Yeah, the dragon does not get close; it just flies off in the distance. Um, but 2.0, it unlocks. It's a small world, hmm. and 3.0 is unlocking. And this is where I'm like, okay, I have a magic band. I hope the battery has not died. You unlock the partner statue of Walt and Mickey. Is it one band per system, or somebody has a band they can unlock? No, a same bunch band will work on all three. No, I mean, if your yours would it unlock mine as well? That I don't know. We should experiment. So we, we should, should do that experiment, experiment. with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there you go. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, of course, there was movie. There was movies. Great animation stuff. I'm working my way through that. On unfortunately, the day job got in the way. But we, I did get the Disney animation stuff. Stocked being announced. No, it's gigantic. But I'm really trying to push that that Jack of the Beanstalk is called Stocked. Um, but that was impressive. That right there. So that's why there's there's magic to D23. That once you get past, geez, it was poorly organized. But you got totally sucked in with happiness. The content was amazing. The content because while you guys were in that animation panel and I was in line getting a Tron figure from Disney Infinity, then they had the Disney Animation booth. And while you were in the panel, they constructed the beanstalk. beanstalk. It actually rose up because they, they had they it announced. And said during it yet. the panel that when you go back out on the floor, there will be a beanstalk. And there was a beanstalk. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was amazing. Uh, and then Pixar, of course, announced that Toy Story four and the unending sequels will happen. The story out of that that no one really picked up was that the writer of Toy Story four is Quincy Jones' daughter. Um, she was on uh, she was on Parks and Recreation and The yeah, Office. Um, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones yeah. is one of the screenwriters of Toy Story Four, and she was trotted out. Everyone kind of overlooked, and I'm like looking at the publicity photos and going, "Wait a minute, 
that's Rashida Jones. Like, that's the big story. You've got this really yeah. funny and talented actress who has turned writer-producer, and she's on Toy Story 4? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you know, she had The Rock out for uh, Moana. Yeah. And so many things there. Live action was the big thing. I would say, you know, we don't need to begrudge because we've got why we've got Sal here to talk about other things. But that you, uh, you know, live action was, of course, almost nothing from Star Wars, but it doesn't matter because we were all crying that Harrison Ford was there and being so sincere. Um, and his tribute to George Lucas, though very short. I got my hair cut a little bit like his. Yeah, that's good. It looks yeah. it looks better. Yeah. Um, not so much scruffy nerd hurt or nerf herder anymore. <laughs> that's good. Uh, so, today. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, that Harrison Ford said, you know, George Lucas wrote, the early chapters of my life. Yeah. And I thought, so succinct, so profound, so true, and so much more animated and alive than he was when he appeared at Cinequest. Oh, yeah. 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 That, was a, that was a tough one. <laughs> that was, uh, that's an yeah. off, that's an offline yeah, conversation. Like, uh, but, you know, but that he seems so generally alive now and, and maybe, maybe almost dying in a plane crash will do that. Like, <laughs> whatever I got left, woo! Um, he may have had a good time on the set, too. He may have. He may have. And uh, that, you know, the, the Marvel stuff came out. I mean, that Doctor Strange stuff, if they bring those paintings to those look production really, sketches to life, uh, they've sold it, it. It hit all the notes of the standard, of the the, the Dormanus uh, dimension. Because he's also, he's one of the origins that's different. Yeah. So he's the only, or, you know, it's like at this point, it's, I don't need it's Marvel's origin, Shangri-La story, but Doc, but Doctor Strange, I, I I think people need that origin because it's a different arc. Mm-hmm. It's not an arc of, you know, with great power comes responsibility. It's it's arrogance to humility, and it's a completely different yes. different thing. So that's where the but seeing like the the Manhattan with the cars floating and he's jumping from car to car or levitating above it in the production sketch. I'm like, oh, my God, yes, I totally. And they promised astral projection. It's like, uh, to other planes. Well, what I love about the origin story is the idea that he goes in there not caring. Right. He's in there just for his hand. And then he finds out Mordo's a villain, and Mordo throws the spell on him that makes him so he can't talk about it. So he has to go through the rest of his training without being able to tell the ancient one that Mordo By the way, let me give him his full time. It's uh, Baron Carl Amadeus, Amadeus Mordo. Mordo. <laughs> <laughs> Played by Chiwetel Ejiofor. And so, and, and it goes through the whole story with him bound, but he has to excel in everything so he can eventually by right? himself. And like I said, it's a Mordo. different origin. And it's a wonderful. And then you find out at the end, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> Which was the weirdest ending to a story ever. The, the ancient one just says, "I'm not going to spoil it." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but then we saw pieces from Civil War, and yeah. and then the enthusiasm there. But the big discovery for me again was, and we were telling mm-hmm. Sal at dinner, mm-hmm. show your kids mm-hmm. the animated Jungle Book because mm-hmm. the stupidest announcement that Disney had ever made in the last five years was that they were going to do a live action Jungle Book. All right. And then we saw some of it, and it was like. Oh my gosh! And they they brought up Ben Kingsley and, uh, and they talked about how they how they filmed it too. And which Lu- is Lupita Nyong'o, who is apparently contractually bound to appear in every single yeah. Disney movie for the next five years because she's in Star Wars. She's in she's got uh, the next inspirational sports movie, which is actually a chess movie but uh, from Africa. King, King uh, no, the Queen of Queen of. I can't remember the name of the title uh, of the of the city, but anyway, uh, it's yeah. a chess, true yeah. true sports story basically, or, or true competition story. Right. Uh, and then she's playing the wolf mother in Jungle Book, so she was out there, and then the kid playing Mowgli, 
And he was so genuine, and I want to because you brought up Son Son of Batman. Yeah. When I was at WonderCon, and the kid voicing it, very talented because he plays Damien very well. And then, but he was so Hollywood polished and slick. It was like you're a little scary. It's like uh, yeah. I interviewed Chloe Grace Moretz for Kick Ass, mm-hmm. where Lon did it. But I was you know right there, and she was so already a little adult. Yeah. In that body, and that's what the kid playing Son of playing Damien is like. This kid was a kid, and. I don't think they faked this. He had not seen any footage of himself. And so when they showed it, he's like, well, he was, what do you think? He he's like, speechless. That's me. Yeah. You know? And it was, he was so genuine and he came across so well. And, and I had forgotten who Baloo was. And so when they show that and then, and then suddenly the bear talks and you mm-hmm. know, it's Bill Murray as a Baloo. It's like, this is the only living. And then the best revelation is who King Louie is. Uh, Christopher. Which I don't know. Christopher Walken. And he only had one line. He only had one line, and you couldn't hear it because everyone was going, (laughs) You hear it a little bit. And then I heard somebody in line later at the store, and I I wanted to smack him because John and I were saying, we need to administer uh, trivia questions in order to make allow people to buy tickets from now on because someone said oh yeah i saw that and bill murray's blue and uh and christopher walken is pumba and i went <laughs> you're out you're out yes. get, get out of here Take her. <laughs> so yeah i mean but but i was so against that movie and then so for that i wasn't movie. against it i was just kind of like uh oh, whatever because you know? the way they unveiled I, I won't go further you know i think rick did, almost exceeded our 15 seconds of of parody okay um the way they unveiled bare necessities was so perfect and everything the casual conversation the, uh, and just it's like oh again they got me with a, a little bit of profundity yeah and you know they hit all the notes by by saying as john Favreau said this you have to you have to add something to it you have to give it something new and i believe he's going to and they gave us all posters so i bought a frame for it i'm gonna have that up you know as well as we got a star wars poster for by drew struzan um and but the you know the other things like there's a Pete's Dragon remake that I was kind of like well but it's not Pete's Dragon it just happens to be about a boy in the woods it's yeah. you know there's hmm. nothing I don't think they even called him Elliot and it, it, no Elliot's the dragon right, right. it was uh, it was Pete duh. it seemed a little, <laughs> it seemed a little too close to the um what was the other the dog boy oh, I was in the the good the good dinosaur oh the good spot uh, spot the spot in the good dinosaur, the good dinosaur was too much like the Pete's Dragon characters like a yeah, feral you know, kid. Like, but I mean, the big news is they've got Robert Redford in a Disney film, so they were very excited that Redford's playing. You know, but it, but it's all yeah. set in like a national park instead. It's it's, it's not a period mm. piece anymore, and it's still about discovering magic. But it's like, and I get why. I was arguing yeah. with somebody who said, "Well, you know, Pete's Dragon was one of my favorite movies," and it's like, it's a name recognition. So you'll go, and if you have kids. You'll take them. Well, it was it, it yep. came out in the same. It came out after Mary Poppins, and Mary Poppins had the scene with the penguins Much after Mary, Mary Poppins. But Mary Poppins had the the one animated scene where they put them in right. dancing with the penguins, and you'd had that with Tom and uh, uh, with uh, uh, Gene Kelly, Gene and, Kelly, and, and Jerry. Jerry. Jerry, because MGM Disney would not license Mickey for uh, that scene. Uh, yeah, so. but but so then Pete's yeah. Dragon was the first feature length film where they did that that animation in with live action i bet people are going to argue that with us i think there's something else in between but i don't think it's a disney film I, it certainly but was, pete's was, dragon was one of the last of the uh of the don bluth group hmm. for disney 
shortly after that they left and started the Don Blue studio so it was because uh, I can remember being very thrilled you know uh, growing up knowing one of those guys to be like hey that's it you know yeah. so that's why I saw it in the first place enjoyed it and then oh no because you know uh, I, I'm going to correct you're yet, you're screaming at Rick right now which movie Bedknobs and Broomsticks oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, which was really more the direct follow up to Mary Poppins yeah and and the uh, the difference also different. Oddly is, enough, I think it was better done than Pete's Dragons. No, I don't was, think Pete's Dragon was particularly. But the other thing is, Pete's Dragon was also only one animated character. You never yeah. went into his environment or anything. No, so it was no. uh, it was a very different thing. And yeah. this is now CG'd and blah, you know. So we'll we'll deal with that. But yeah. you said otherwise on the floor. The other thing I thought, as opposed to like well, which we say about Comic Con too, is if you're a Disney fan. You really could get the convention you wanted out of that expo. There were people that were there for the musicals. So yeah. I had a friend who saw mm-hmm. all the singers. Uh, there was a Frozen concert on Saturday, uh, on Sunday. There were the Disney originals. So the woman who originated the role of Mary Poppins on Broadway, the yeah. Jeannie, James Monroe, Iglehart, and um, uh, what's the third uh, third musical they had? I think mean, it was the original Belle, maybe, had, from Broadway. They were there, and they performed two concerts. Um uh, you know, and and you could certainly have that, and then like for Jason Salazar and Sydney, it was all I was say, uh, it was all Disney Channel, it was all those, all the those kids and stuff. radio Disney stuff. Yeah, there was. If you were into the history, there was so much history. They had a perform. They had two performance spaces. One where they were bringing up people doing like yeah. uh, karaoke, Frozen karaoke, yeah. and then they had another one which was just like perform after. And on Friday, I saw Andreas Deha, the animator of uh, from from Aladdin, and who had done uh, Gaston. Uh, was doing live sketches. They would re- pe- call people up on stage to portray a character. So they oh. had all these props and stuff, and they would dress them up, and then he would sketch. But, of course, he would just sketch the character he knew, and he said, perfect <laughs> likeness of you. So it was a funny bit, but everybody was along with it because it was fun. He was keeping up patter, and you're seeing this Disney legend. He was a former Disney legend. But I loved going through the archives. I don't know if you did that, stood in line to go through all that. We didn't. We, we kind of walked around the periphery, and we got a lot from the Yeah, you could. You could. But and there were a few costume pieces that were in cases that I'm not sure you could have yeah. seen from from outside. But to me, to get that close. But on Sunday, that line was pretty darn long. But I still did it because yeah. I, I, I wanted to see, like, you know, his first ticket. There's the, the Osmond special that haunted me as a youth. <laughs> no, it really is. Have you remember yeah. that Disney After Dark? Which is the strangest name? Yeah, yeah they I, wouldn't I, call it. But in 1970, no. it was okay. Yeah. But it was still. It, was it should have actually been worse in 1970. It was. It was kind of promoting um, Haunted Mansion, although Haunted Mansion had been open for a, f- a few years. Um, and it ends with like they lose Donnie. They go out at the Haunted Mansion, and he's gone. And there's ghosts on bicycles. So when I was five and saw that special, and I thought Donnie had been kidnapped by the ghosts, and then I thought I I told the lady there, I said I thought I fell asleep or something. Like, I missed the real ending. And so, to me, that's how the special... She says, no, 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 that's how the special ended. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> we just ended on this really dark note with the other Osmonds going, where's Donnie? And the ghosts have taken him. You know, so... It's supposed I, to be a little scary. It was. It was to a five-year-old. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, so... There were, you know, there you know were, I, uh, we were talking about it. I think if I was going to go... If I was going to do this one again, I would go Friday and Saturday, and I'd skip Sunday. I don't think you needed three days. Yeah. And, there were, and I think that's the other thing. There were a lot of single ticket people you yeah know, single day tickets a three day i don't know that you got anything really bonus i mean oh the other the other good thing about that park about that uh this this whole thing was the food trucks which WonderCon had you know so i, I know that i wish i wish there had been 
food trucks at Comic-Con. They've found a place for it's those. It's just, yeah, it's just not as practical for Comic-Con. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the Anaheim Convention Center. And something that, unfortunately, the Moscone can't do, and really not even the San Jose Convention Center can do, is they've got a walkway between two hotels that goes right up to the front entrance, and they just... They shut that down. They shut it down, and they oh. line up, like, eight food trucks, and they're gourmet food trucks, and actually, I think this one had more than WonderCon did. I, I think, think there were, was, like, 12. I think there were, like, 12. And, and so, you've got that choice, and... Because that was the other thing, and I'll blame Convention Center Management, like, their food... Their food services within the convention center were, we're run at odd bad. times, so we're all in line at seven a.m. for uh, oh yeah for the live action movie thing. Well, they, in line, we're in Hall E, which is a staging staging room. hall where you really are supposed to stay in line. And there's a food concessions area, and at seven a.m. they're serving burgers and nachos. Yeah, it makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, and then. Later for for uh, the parks and resorts, one you're if you're going you're in that same staging area when it's lunchtime, they're closed. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so yes, yeah. that look so, of quizzicality. Food, food trucks. Yes, yes. So now we can move on to movies and television, and we should we should I know because we got excited about D two. Oh, I'm D23. I'm inspired. I I may one day go. Um, you know I'm I'm. Or you it can't sounds go, a little. You can't go next year. It's two years, which yeah, is a good thing years. about it. It's every two years. so That, that is a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah. I wouldn't go next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take us that long to pick, pick, pick. Come on. Come on, Sal. Uh, but you're here because, of course, uh, at, right before D23 was when The Man from UNCLE opened. Actually, it's been the summer of, of, of television revivals and that Mission Impossible has been dominating the box office. Yeah. Uh, opened a couple of weeks before. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the last one. Uh, so... Um, Dominated the box office, and then Man from Uncle, which has been a project that they have been working on forever. Uh, uh, Steven Soderbergh was supposed to direct mm-hmm. it at one point mm-hmm. and walked away. Uh, Tom fa- Cruise was supposed to be in it. At Tom, I think Tom Cruise was supposed to be in it. Um, he was George in, Clooney was going to. Yes, yes. Well, George Clooney was supposed to be in Wild Wild West too at one point. We, that didn't happen. It's supposed to be George Clooney circles a lot of really cool ideas, and, and they're only cool if George Clooney actually gets to be in them. Huh. And and what let, let's see, and what which ideas does he actually end up doing? Tomorrowland, Ocean's Eleven, Gravity that worked out well. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven worked out well. But yeah. I'm, I, I keep trying to come up with movies he's actually doing that 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 work. And uh, Batman and Robin. No, 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 Robin no, no. Oh, sorry. Still, I gave myself night sweats on that. Wow. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, Batman and Robin worked. It just wasn't anything anyone wanted to work <laughs> okay the, the men who killed I, goats I, I think it accomplished with joel the men who stared at goats. 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 Yeah. goats yeah yeah um oh yeah the uh, men who stared at goats yeah weird that was weird yeah monuments men or yeah Monu- i haven't that, seen that, was, that yet you know it was i expected it to be more heisty than it was yeah and, but you know, on the flip side, you did get, uh, you know, Good Night and Good Luck, and mm-hmm. you got Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which is a brilliant film. Uh, you know, so there have been some really good oh, things yeah, in there as well. I, I trust George Clooney's taste. I'll go see it. Okay. Uh, I'll go see anything he's in. Uh, I've been betrayed a couple times, but I, I see the spark of why he was interested. So yeah. I'll take that. And it's usually something other than money, so I'm happy by that. Yeah. You know, Tomorrowland is an inspirational film. I mean, it's just, it, if it was an animated film, no one would have a complaint about it. It would have done really well. But because it's live action, there's a preachiness to it. 
that an animated film can get away with that a live action film really can't. Mm. So, you know, that's, I think, is why. The, and plus, Disney marketed that movie horribly. You have no idea what's going on in that movie, right. what the movie's about. Yeah. I still don't. It's about Tomorrowland. Well, it, it's it about lo- the future. It looks like a. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow. It looks like it's a. You're you're actually a princess, and we're going to take you back to the kingdom now. Not really. Not at all. That's yeah. the way it's That's what it looks like. I know, but it has a real. I mean, yeah. it really has a good point to it. But we'll get to Man from Uncle. Let's talk about that because we're going to look at the past here. A movie that, unfortunately, by the time we were able to get all sit down and talk about it, I still have not seen, but you saw last night. Mm-hmm. Um, that's reviving that 60s spy movie and then we it's spy television series and Warner Brothers Archives is releasing digitally those nine TV movies and they're not really TV movies they're they released TV them theatrically they were released right. theatrically and so they're they're putting them on they Disney rework, on rework digital television episodes so you can order them and download them except I think Spy With My Face was one that they did a, they did for um, yeah. I think they yeah I can't remember if they did that theatrically and then broke it up yeah, to to put it on TV. I think there are two that they did originally, and the rest were they went both ways. But yeah, and people remi- re- uh, remember them fondly. Uh, Said so I don't think theatrically the movie, the new movie, is doing terribly well. Uh, but Oddly enough, I was too young to see. I was too young for, to go to the movies for those when they were out. I remember the advertisements in the in the uh, newspaper for yeah. them with. Napoleon and Alien. See, and we were doubted yourself young. as yeah. older than me. Finally, it's reversed. No, it's yes. too young. The it's truth too. has been asserted. It was way too young. Uh, yeah, it, but still, you remember <laughs> newspapers? What's that, old man? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Sal. You, I, <laughs> I read you on the app. That's the thing. Oh, I, you know, okay. But I, so you're the one. I subscribed. The one. I subscribed to the app just because I thought I got to keep Sal alive. Well, uh, yeah. you know, so. Um, but the other thing is that the inspiration for Man from Uncle has a new movie coming out as well. And this is where I think I did not know what a huge James Bond aficionado you were until you did that screening of Goldfinger. Well, I did Goldfinger and The Spy Who Loved Me. At the Retrodome. Yeah. And the late lamented Retrodome at, at Century 21. So that when I realized that you were giving presentations on Bond films in front of a in front of a, a cineast audience uh it's like we got to get silent to talk about this when it's next appropriate and there's excitement about specter specter so talk about man from uncle a little bit and you're uh, well so i like we, bo- we both saw we, we it. both yeah. seen it now yeah. i but think i've read your opinion yeah. I, I, yeah. and i have not read I your edited opinion, it. although you and i talked about it a little yes, bit uh i wanted to like it a, probably a lot more than i did okay and there were so many parts of it that i felt really good about there's this scene uh where i can't remember the actress's name but the main actress in the movie um alicia vikander yes yeah uh ex machina there's a scene where she is uh flirting with army hammer and and they're and they're and they're dance she's kind of dancing right and And she's a little drunk she's she's a little drunkard claiming to be a little drunk and she's drinking vodka and i i loved it and said this is a great like 1960s moment that you would never see in a Bond movie. Uh, right. But you might have seen it in A Man from Uncle. Yep. Right. And that's the different How sensibility. A, a no, no, I really no, liked. Movie. Totally. I, yeah. And, and, and that, I, I think that's, that is the, the line between the two. Mm-hmm. I think Uncle didn't take itself as 
I can't be anything but suave and debonair and my women can't be anything other than ultra sexy and smart or deadly. Yeah. And here you have like a woman who is a little intoxicated. She's playing. She eventually says, let's wrestle. And, oh, you know, yeah. and she was great. But, yeah. and I love that, that sensibility in that scene is one of the good things about the movie for me. One of the things I didn't like, and this is just a Guy Ritchie thing, because he did this with Sherlock Holmes, uh-huh. the first one where he pretty much spends this movie setting up the movie that we want to see, but we didn't get to see. Totally, totally agree. And because he did that with the first Sherlock Holmes, and fortunately that had Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, and, yeah. and they were big enough for it to make enough money where they could make a second movie and I don't think we're going to get a second movie. I don't think we are either. Yeah, it was pretty much the same way. I mean, it's really bad that we don't get Alexander Waverly until like the last quarter of the movie. And And Grant was really good in that very small part. And we don't even get the name Man from Uncle until the last minute of the, the movie. You know, the uncle, your your new code name is Uncle. I think it's actually the last word in the movie. Yeah. Oh, the Fantastic Four syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, spoiler. Oh, Was you. anybody planning to go pay money for that? No, I'm waiting point? until it's on Cinemax. Really? I, <laughs> I'm waiting until they burn the last negative. Uh, so. so, yeah, totally. The And I actually, I really did want to see, now that you've established... And it's 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 been long enough. The movie's been out enough. I we, they set up the man from Uncle and the girl from Uncle in that mm-hmm. one that one set. They're a trio. They're going to work together. Um, my big complaint about it was I didn't. I missed the very intelligent and somewhat enigmatic Ilya Kuryakin. Yes. And I didn't like the idea that when instead we got this um, this. And I kind of he became the bruiser, he and not having the, seen he's it, he's got a disorder. He's, I think right. that's a, I think that's a Guy yeah. Ritchie problem or a modern scripting problem. Is because uh, actually there was a good article on this on on the AV Club out of the Onion uh, uh, about that. Is um, you know we have to reduce to kind of archetypes that that are modern that that studios believe are pal- palatable to uh, palatable to our uh, to a younger audience. Modern. We understand mm-hmm. range. Yeah, um, but there was a but this article was pointing out which I'd always wondered as a kid if to me the more interesting character was Ilya. Why this was the man from Uncle when it was clearly the men from Uncle? See, I don't think it's I don't think it's, no. Here's why. Okay, he's not in the pilot. Ah, uh. it was supposed to be Robert Vaughn's show. And it was going to have rotating sidekicks like Felix Leiter in the Bond films. Oh, interesting. And David McCallum came in like the third or fourth episode, and they brought him back again. And the fan reaction. He was a beetle. He was like yeah, a, well, that's uh, it, apparently. a beetle. And so this article pointed out, it was like college kids came home at Christmas, started watching the show, and their ratings went up when kids were on break. Yeah. And he was getting all the fan mail. And so he said like that, that enigma was, he said, he was very frustrated. The reason he was so underdeveloped initially was that he was uh, he's a one and out. He was supposed to be a one and out. Yeah. And then he was frustrated for a little bit and then took it as a gift saying that actually they allowed him to take the scripts and excise any reference to Ilya's background. Yeah. Huh. So that he could still play it as you don't know what Ilya knows. You don't know what he can do. And it let let it always be a revelation and don't give any backstory. So 
you know that that's interesting, and that and that's why it's singular, the man from Uncle, mm. and because uh, you know because I, I know that Ian Fleming had created the character Napoleon Solo. It was, yeah, he'd he'd worked with Norman Felton on it. Yeah, and then just stepped away from it because he didn't want to mess up. He'd gotten burned on some other stuff. Yeah, and wanted to get get yeah. away from it, signed over everything. Yeah, so, I just I just watched the intro to the first episode not the first episode it's like a primary intro yeah with a voiceover they say two men or enter a, yeah. a barber shop and and they and they eventually end up going through the wall and it tells you everything in like 30 seconds tells you everything you need to know about napoleon and Ilya because napoleon when they're getting their badges goes in there and leans over the desk to the hot secretary yeah. and she pins his badge on him perfect <laughs> Ilya picks one up off the pile and kind of clips it on, and then they're walking down the hallway. Ilya's is not not aligned properly, and part of his blazer lapel yeah. is over it, and yeah. he's walking in. And then they get into the room, and Waverly's working on on like like a, a computerized uh, communications device. Napoleon watch, walks over to the computer and flips the switch, and everything's okay. And Ilya goes to a pile of stuff and starts assembling the the the, the gun to yeah. to rifle thing. But he's it's it's just perfect setup for both of those characters without saying a word. Yeah, no, yeah, that's you know, and I think they could have. I liked what they did with Napoleon Solo in the movie and giving him a little bit of a backstory. The thief that, that he's he's a thief, and you, you get the sense that oh, he's really good at these kind of things. But they just went the wrong way with Ilya because they lose that mm-hmm. sort of intelligence, and and Solo isn't isn't an intelligent thief so much. Well, he's pretty pretty smart in this movie. But yeah. I really wanted Ilya to be. And I think another problem is guy. this is the this is the screen persona that Army because I get obsessed with this idea of actors build personas, and Army Hammer who must be very intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, and I liked him a lot when he was on that on Reaper. You know, playing the other son mm-hmm. of the devil. He was very funny. You know, but uh, he tends to in these big tentpole design movies is he plays the dumbest version or, or the the most simplistic version of a character he can because he's one of those actors. He never established himself as an actor before being established as a face. Mm-hmm. You know, like because Jude Law. There was a point in Jude Law's career where I just wanted to punch him and say, okay. We understand that you are so good looking that you want to be treated as something else. Stop it. You know, because, you know, he would be horribly scarred in a movie or, you know, he's bald in that uh, road to perdition. So Army Hammer's the same thing. It's like, I'm going to be a goof. I'm going to be this. So that's what the flaw in his Lone Ranger is. We're seeing John, John Reed before he becomes the uber competent, uber cool Lone Ranger, we see that idiot that Tonto has to bring along. Mm-hmm. So that's a flaw. Nobody wants to see that character. Um, is in that Snow White one, Mirror Mirror. He mm-hmm. was, you know, he was the silly prince who gets hypnotized into thinking he's a puppy, and he's trying to prove how funny and flexible he can be. But that was got to remember that was a guy that in George Miller's take on Justice League was supposed to be Batman, like he almost got to play that super competent, super cool, and then decided because that fell apart, he's never going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to be a character actor. He's a turn to be when he's the kind of leading man like Henry Cavill that movies are screaming for right now. And Henry Cavill, oh, I want to like him so much more than I can allow myself. Yeah. If for another reason than because every time he speaks, nothing sounds casual out of his, you know, it's, 
and I think yeah. it's because of the he's doing an accent. Right. And you know, Hugh Laurie can do a great American accent and just speak in yeah. an American accent. Right. But Henry Cavill sounds like he's speaking lines every time he does it. And he's pronouncing and saying yeah. this is you know, this is what's going to happen today. And And the trailer I don't mind that for Napoleon Solo and they just didn't give enough for Clark Kent. I mean, you know, so it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me totally much. I thought of it more. I mean, I mean do you think I, it was a character kind of thing? That, I thought of more of as a character kind of thing. The way he might be, it, it, what he reminded me of, and oddly enough, was um, you know, it takes a thief. You know, it, that's the same Robert way. Wagner. Same mm-hmm. way Wagner mm-hmm. kind of like Wagner sounds really artificial, through. but yeah. I think that's really Wagner's voice because I've seen, you yeah. know, I've heard interviews with him, and that's what he sounds like. Yeah. And, you know, and that actually would have been an interesting story beat to explore that the Napoleon Solo that is basically in the movie is a character that this... That he's created. That he's for, created. Yeah. And, and to see that mask fall in the movie at some point yeah. and have him be just sort of a different... Great idea for the sequel. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll get there. Huh? We'll get in the novel. No, as far as a period piece... Comic book. I thought it was it was nearly flawless as far as representing the '60s and everything that was going on. The fashion there were mm-hmm. only I only had a couple little fashion nits. I'm not going to go to the one you you edited out. Um, Good. The the um, I thought his suit was tailored too tightly for the '60s. It was, I would agree. It was showing off too much of his musculature. Mm-hmm. And you know what it is? So is Madman. I mean, I've heard in, like Dick Dick Van Dyke complains about that. Like he watched yeah. Mad Men, and the reason he stopped after the first episode is because that's not how he wear a Brooks Brothers suit. No, okay, you know. So I mean, we are now entering a phase of it's the uh, it's perception. You know, it, it's like our a modern again a modern audience's perception of what it should be instead of what it actually was. But the way the the rooms were set up, the the cars, the motorbike that he rides in on, everything. I I. I've, really felt like it was a it was a very one of the more accurate period pieces i've seen and we've seen we've seen any number of like um oh what's the the uh the parody um austin powers austin powers Mm -hmm. you know those 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 don't do it quite as well he kind of hits hits some notes on it but they didn't well and he's got a different one also austin powers moved immediately into modern day right and well they, they did the time travel bit to go back yeah, to but so. it was but it's a comedy there's it's a, a parody different, there's a different right. yeah it is right. a parody and there's a different take there right but they could have done this so much worse i mean this this was a perfect way to even it reminded me of argo in some ways mm-hmm. because it That's, looked <laughs> that may be well, the first time anyone in this country has said that but but from a from a cinematography point of view or the in the way they you know the production design because it looked it didn't just look like the 60s it looked like a movie that was made in the 60s yeah. the trailer looks lush i yeah. and i'm not uh, you know you I, know, it I, looks like thomas crown affair exactly I mean, you get that sort of color saturation it's which i'm of, going to admit i've never seen but i have seen how to steal a million with peter o'toole and oh, audrey wow. hepburn yeah, so practically much. the same thing yeah. could be mm-hmm. cuz peter o'toole yeah. yeah, I love. Yeah, so, but I know what you're talking about. I mean, right. that kind of that kind of film, and as we say, like some of those James Bond movies. So yeah. let's let's talk about your excitement for Spectre. Well, I'm nervously and apprehensively <laughs> optimistic about Spectre, uh, which and is you, how it you felt. got better after the second trailer. Yes, yes. Uh, after you and I are the same. Like because when that first trailer came out, I, I was saying, excited by. I'm the satisfied, person. and I was like, "No, I'm not. This is the this is the angsty backstory that I I don't I don't want." And and I, I still feel film. like we're getting. I mean, that's a, one of the funny things about 
Man from Uncle is I came away from it at least feeling like a lot of it was fun, and that's what I've been missing in the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Uh, yeah. There's just there's not a real sense of people enjoying themselves at any point during the film. Yeah, um, not the audience, the actual characters, and you know, I was really hoping we could get back to a more adventurous Bond movie with mm-hmm. this, and I'm still in the oh we're going to be doing the frowny face bond for another movie, but it still looks really exciting. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of things going on, but we're still building on this character that I really thought we'd finish that with Skyfall. I thought we'd, that he'd have a rebirth and well, that he was there that he, you know, we'd gotten sort of at the end of Skyfall, all the pieces were in place essentially. And I yeah. thought, okay, great. Now we can, now, now we, we can, can throw have, his hat on the, tent pole on the pole when he comes into the office to see him or we could have we could have a movie where he sees M and he gets a mission and yeah. he goes off and does this mission yeah i mean you know there's the uh, the because we brought up austin powers is there's there's a whole generation now that has seen austin powers and maybe not those classic yeah. bond films yeah. and it's time to i think recapture what made those bond what made us love those bond films you know, almost 50 years ago. I mean, you mentioned you hosted Spy Who Loved Me, and I think that was the first one I ever saw. And I saw it on I, TV. Yeah, and and uh, like on a, uh, very early days of HBO, it was like, ooh, you know, who is this? is that Bond guy people have been talking about. And those, yeah. Bond, those Bond movies back then had this sort of epic sense and this, you know, huge adventure in the pre-CGI yeah. days. They did all practical stunts. And there was something about them that, you know, it's really hard to recapture Pierce Brosnan actually said in, you know, one of the DVD interviews that, you know, Austin Powers, once they did that, they couldn't go back and they couldn't do the hollowed out volcano anymore because they'd ruined it. They'd made it too funny. Yeah. They couldn't do Blofeld because anything like that. And you make, they, you they, make they, this statement, ironically, as Hollywood has announced, they're doing a live action Johnny Quest, which is going to use all the original characters and be set in the 60s. And they're going to do a hollowed out volcano. You know, well, I mean, but you could do that if you said it in the '60s. Yeah, and well, that's and I. I'd almost love for them to. I actually... would rather do that. I would rather see that. I'm right. tired of seeing because one thing is you said it in 2015 or 2016, and most films are afraid now to make any serious commentary on the world you're in. You're playing with, you know, when you play Bond in the '60s, you're dealing with a Cold War paranoia, mm-hmm. you're, but you're also dealing with, on one hand, a sense of great fun. Um, I think it was. I think the Beatles had had even been interested in doing something with. Well, they did help. I mean, no, but I mean, they've been interested in doing something involving Bond too. You know, they're they're of course they flirted with a lot. Everybody was trying to get the Beatles to do stuff. But I mean, there was this weird sense of fun, and there was a sense of stylization to film. And now it's we got to be really gritty. And I think this is. I mean, to bring up Fantastic Four again is to say there was an attempt to take away the fantastic. And one of the things about Bond was he was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Why did why did that that franchise resonate in people's minds when Dr. No opened in a drive-in because it was also, I think it was Casino Royale was listed as one of JFK's favorite books from Russia with love from Russia with love. So everybody has had fetishized Camelot JFK. And so bond resonated. It was a, it was, it was a fantasy from the beginning and everybody knew it deep down. Well, and that's the, if you look at, so Spectre's continuation, obviously it's the, 24th movie in the series we're moving on what 52 years now yeah 
or yeah, yeah. and 53 years and so it's not like Mission Impossible or Man from Uncle or anything that they've been remaking because it they they've just been sort of retooling it as they go. I would love to see a one-off Bond, you know, set in the 1960s. I mean, this is why uh X-Men First Class could work the way it did. Well, and, it's what they did with Man the books. They, yeah. they 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 took the books back. Uh, they, they whoever wrote the last two, it's they're they've gone back into the sixties mm-hmm. for the set. In fact, there's another book uh, coming out in a couple of weeks uh, that takes place uh, in 1957. Okay, so just after the events of yeah, the novel Goldfinger, I stopped reading after the Gart after the Gardner books. Okay, and okay. I mean I read oh, everything up, up to that then. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, but you know that was the thing is like I I kind of enjoyed the Gardner books, but that idea of the older Bond was not what had gotten me into Bond. I think the, I like the Benson ones better than the Gardner. So ones. the so the converse of what I was saying about Spider Man is in this case I I kind of want Bond to be eternally mm-hmm. well I want it to be timeless mm-hmm. and and we've got enough time and when you think about it because <laughs> wasn't this mentioned at D twenty three like you know Star Wars came out almost 40 years ago <laughs> Thank and you. you and you put that you know and I say you know I said to my kids you know I'm old enough to remember when A New Hope was just really Star called Wars. Star Wars yes. I, I say to the students I remember when Star Wars was just one movie and it was good <laughs> <laughs> but you know you guys were saying about the first the first trailer what got me excited about the first trailer was the fact that they were saying Spectre mm-hmm. because Spectre for the most of the books is bond's focus of, yeah. of tracking down and destroying this organization yeah. and the idea that that okay we've done everything from i mean if you go back to quantum of solace mm-hmm. right who was the villain in quantum of solace do you remember quantum of, quantum of solace well, uh, no 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 but that, but the organization was called quantum quantum but do we remember anything about i mean i do it was, it was a, a lot of mr green who wanted to uh I can't remember uh, who played the villain. Corner of the I, market uh, on water in Bolivia. It's such a horrible, horrible plot. And well, it's no, mostly real, running around the, the desert. Ironically, probably the most realistic of the plots. Probably. Um, and because I watched that one, yep, that's that one's. And I don't go to see a Bond movie because I want to see right. a reminder that in ten years, that World War Z is going to happen over water rights. Right. Uh, you know, so I that 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 wasn't Bond to me. It was. It has the but, best theme song around. Like Chris, but since Chris Cornell's theme in that is oh great. no, it's awesome. And it was that's you know my name. Jack Black. That's Casino you, Royale. You right? know yeah. that that no. that yeah. that you know my name that's, was Casino Royale. I thought it was Quantum of Solace. No, Quantum of Solace was uh, yes, it was it Jack was Black Casino and Royale. Alicia Keys did. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Then forget it. Forget the song that. Uh, but you know the, the then there is nothing redeemable about a Quantum of Solace. Yes. The the you know the the um, the trivia about the you know my name right. Cornell wanted too much money, so it's not on the soundtrack. Oh, it's only on Cornell's I mean, I, album. I, I, I knew that it wasn't on the soundtrack. No, I, I have a I have a Bond compilation album that has it. I do. It might be on a compilation yeah. album. It's not on the. It's, it's not, not on, on the, the soundtrack of Casino oh, Royale. Okay. okay. Um, the but the the idea that that we've we have done the reset with Skyfall. We right. do have a new M. We do have a Money Penny. We do have all this stuff. Right. And now we're going to have Spectre. Spectre. That's the last piece of the Bond puzzle that put that makes just him, in time for them to cast somebody other than Daniel Craig. <laughs> well, <laughs> Daniel Craig's going to have this one and the next one. I think that's a good, yeah. especially if both movies are Spectre movies. Uh, you know, the only thing when they announced the title, I was like, yes, because it told me where they were going with the movie yeah. which is very like this i, I want to see this i wish it was a more inventive title hmm. um 
but we've lost those days. We've yeah, I think I think we have we really because even Skyfall, while a clever resonance throughout the film, is not when you talk about you know. One thing about Ian Fleming, a gift, yeah, for titles oh, yeah. and names. I mean, you know, when you come up with who's gonna, you know, you go back to Man from Uncle. Who's gonna say, you know, what's a great name for a spy? Napoleon Solo, but it totally works. Yeah, and he also came up with April Dancer, yeah, which is a perfect. I mean, it sounds yeah. like you know, and and as a, again, Austin Powers totally parodies all that, mm-hmm. and they sound like parodies. But what he was coming up with were great. But you go even when people didn't know what the what the title Quantum of Solace meant. Like no, that's still a pretty good title. He was naming great things, right? Too. I mean, Goldeneye, right? Yeah, it's that not even a book. It's his no, house. It's his house, right? But you know, I mean, the Spy Who Loved Me. That's you know, the titles are always evocative, even if they, even if you don't know what they right, mean. Right, right. I mean, Live and Let Die. Oh, you only live twice, which is a great theme song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Spectre. I mean, that's the title of a chapter. <laughs> right. I mean, that's it. Or it's in bold like face the, the in the book. Or 15th, You're reading and you go. It's Spectre. the 14th or 15th chapter in the book too. It's on. The- yeah, you know, that's. But but that that being said, I totally agree that you know the idea of having Spectre back and wondering, okay, where where is this going now? Um, is this going to be? And I'm not even sure that we're going to have Blofeld. I can share my little you think, theory. You think Christoph will be Christoph Waltz will turn out to be Blofeld? I do not. I think it's going to be the other Jack Black. I think it's going to be Monica uh, Bellucci, the girl. Oh. I think that's going to be the reveal. Didn't they do that in the novels? They Was did that for special services. For in special the, one services of the in novels. one of the Gardner novels. His daughter showed up, yeah. right? Yeah. And But that I, I just keep toying with that because I think that would be a smarter idea because it does play to Bond's weakness for women. Sure. But, and to say, oh, no, she can't be the... Because otherwise, not... And that's an update I would totally buy into. Yeah. I would totally... Uh, if she's they, the oldest Bond woman ever. The only problem with it is that they they did that similar in um, the world is not enough. the world is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Mad from Uncle, and yeah, and but you know they it's they're not how many times have they done Bond goes rogue on you know looking for revenge? They've done that. They right. did a License to Kill. They did that in Quantum of Solace. Yeah, they did that in Skyfall. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's I'm. It could happen, but that's just my that's my little pet theory that I'm trying so hard not to find out too much about the movie. I mm-hmm. I totally understand. And, like, I don't think I've even watched. I mean, one reason we said that I think Rick and I conversed said like we got to have Salon now is because there was another trailer. I don't think I've watched the next trailer, I uh, the, or the latest trailer. I think I've just avoided it because look, I know this is it's almost like. I don't even want to watch the Star Wars trailer. It's too late. I saw the Star Star Wars trailer, yeah. but there was a new one that had like, ooh, three more seconds. Right. I don't want to know. I, I I want to be there and just you know let it unfold. I I kind of trust J.J. Abrams not to give us too much before. No, I, I will agree with that. I think I, I I think you know that was another thing. If we can if we can geek out on on that is that there's a weight and a heft to Star Wars that's been that was missing from the last trilogy mm-hmm. uh-huh. that they're real. And that's the that's the note. I mean, my son and I were watching Jurassic Park: The Lost World, and the, even the the pro, the difference between that and Jurassic World was that all the dinosaurs in Jurassic World are CG, but you can tell there are robots, there are audio animatronic figures in that in those first two at least, where they are touching something that's there. They're not trusting kids to be able to act right. like that space is there. Those you know the shadows play. It's 
and when you when you see when you know the BB-8 can roll out onto a stage because BB-8 is really there, yeah, that's that's amazing to me, and and it just and that makes me feel like a kid again. I'm going. That's why I like Star Wars because you believed it was real. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look clean. It looks dirty the way Star Wars yeah, uh, so, New Hope did originally, yeah. except for Princess Leia, of course, who had that lovely flowing white robe. Oh yes. I can remember the elderly lady down the street making that complaint. And that's how culturally she's gotten through the trash compactor. Yeah. But that's how culturally, uh, you know, deep that was in 1978. Peg Meisenbach. Not that anyone remembers Mrs. Meisenbach, but she lived down the street from me and she took her grandson to see it. And, and she asked me, did you, did you see that movie? And I said, yeah. And she said, how did she, her robe stay so white? <laughs> wow. Space, this special material. Space Mrs. Meisenbach saw Star Wars. That's awesome. You know, so. Everyone saw Star Wars. Everyone saw Star Wars. Actually, I worked with a guy who, as of 15 years ago, and he was at least 15 years older than I, had never seen it. Had never seen any of them. And Some people avoided it. I'm and, pretty sure my got parents that never saw it. Yeah, he just he avoided it. It became like his badge of honor. I mean, I've got a, a another friend. I who, feel the same about Matt <clears throat> P.I. Who's never seen Annie Hall because it beat Star Wars for, <laughs> wow. Be, for, for wow. best picture. But, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that Star Wars probably has more cultural resonance than Annie Hall. I mean. Not to a New Yorker. Um, maybe except I you know I think the thing is there's so much controversy now about Woody Allen yeah I think there are people that feel this creepy yeah you know to be honest and, and Manhattan Manhattan even worse that's the one I, I, that's one of those where you just go he was telegraphing it I you know it's like like yeah the guy never really lied about who he was yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like why there. are people stunned uh so let's uh we are looking for this is November opening for November uh, 6th <laughs> you know. Oh, I know. You what seat are you going to be in? Uh, middle, middle. Oh, that's, yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, and I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to see it because the I can't, the are centuries gone. are gone. Uh, when Skyfall came out, I had a weird uh, sort of fun press thing where I went to a press screening of it. So mm-hmm. I saw it at like, you know, 1030 in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I went to an IMAX preview showing at Eastridge that was at like 11 o'clock at night uh, and this was three days before it would officially open yeah. and then I saw a Thursday night pre-opening at you really another theater this, and then okay. I saw it opening night at Santana Row at Cine Arts alright so where is the Daniel Craig tattoo on your body <laughs> no, you. no don't <laughs> Actually, the well, theater, my wife made me put it now. The Century Theaters on Shoreline are still pretty good. Okay, yeah, and they have reclining seats. Yeah, I heard that they yeah they, they got the, leather reclining seats, so you mm, might want to ooh. Yeah. Um, but which it does remind me, by the way, that once Star Wars opens, once the Force Awakens opens, it is it will it is booked solid for guaranteed for a month in all IMAX theaters. Wow! So. Yeah. So you have a full month to catch that one in IMAX. Now is I going to include the Hackworth, Hackworth IMAX? I hope not. I don't like the Hackworth because it distorts. I Yeah. A I, dome distorts. It distorts least at the top. But, yeah, I agree with if you. You're not in the, in like if you're the, not in the, the, like right, the first two rows in the yeah. center, it sucks. Yeah. I entirely agree. And my wife actually works at the tech. Oh, my uh, gosh. I'm no, sorry. It's okay because I've, I've discussed it. She's like, hey, do you want to go see, like, Star Wars there? And I said, no. I, I saw Batman you know, Begins there. And it was I, a mistake. I saw 
I saw uh, Dark Knight Rises. There. I saw The Lion King. I saw Dark Knight Rises, and I saw Harry Potter. When but the Potter uh, the one in in Dublin uh, is good, and I do think that the AMC Metreon in San Francisco, as far as like mm-hmm. what's local to us, mm-hmm. IMAX wise, is good. I don't mind going to those. We say the Fimaxes, the fake right. IMAXes, the other AMCs. They are a little better. They are they are cool, but it's still it's, it's not, not the same thing. as going. It's not to, the Century Twenty One. None of them are the Century Twenty One. No. So I don't know. I would agree with you that the that this Mountain View one is still probably, and if you're further up the peninsula, there are still some domes left up in Rabbit City, I think. And uh, yeah, I don't know what else I would go. I would go to um, locally. You know, I, I mean, I'm happy Actually, with most movies. The, I I do go to the Cupertino 16, and it's just like fine, but it's not. The two theaters in, in the front mm-hmm. in the front of the Pruneyard Cinema are actually pretty good the front ones yeah the first two camera Mm -hmm. right yeah Mm -hmm. well you know what actually camera 12 is great just nobody goes there yeah downtown san jose fantastic screens yeah that's that's where i saw man from uncle last night okay Uh, well you know and if you've got a san jose library card you get a discount really i don't (laughs) you don't you don't have a san jose library i don't live in san jose i haven't lived in san jose in 20 years so hmm. uh, taught in San Jose, yeah. I know, and I should have utilized that. Apparently, that would have been good enough, yeah. and I just didn't do it. So it's all right. But you know, I really should consider that because I do that for CineQuest. Is like I just I I should have just walked over. I didn't even think of Camera Twelve last night. I was like, oh, I yeah. got stuff to do, and I'm working late. Well, camera Twelve is great because I should have parking and Camera Twelve. Yeah. yeah. The parking. Right I've already got parking, and I only work a few blocks away. So yeah. Just walked no, over. it was a great uh, and it was a great excuse for me because I went to like a nine thirty five showing. And I just said, I you know I want to talk about this movie tomorrow. Yeah. So I need to go, honey. I need to go out and see it. There you go. At nine thirty at night, she said, "Fine, I'll be asleep when you get home." Does your wife like us at all? I your, mean, oh, you know, she she met us at a bar. Once, she's very excited about this. She she's looking forward to to, to listening. Okay. Uh, she's Good. happy. She seemed like a very nice lady. Oh yeah. Okay, no. What's her first name again? Amy. Amy. Hey Amy. And, hey. And she I see it. she I see she it loves any any people that allow me to sort of express my geek side. Well, you are welcome anytime because you know, you know absolutely, and that's why you know this is why it's fun. It's like a release yeah. for the week of. Like, we will definitely at least do a follow up to the oh, yes, actual oh, yeah. Spectre release. We'll do, or what we should do is all go see Spectre and then sit in the lobby and irritate everyone else as we go and record ten minutes just going. Uh, <laughs> all I'm asking from that movie, seriously, all I want is for the gun barrel to be at the beginning of. Oh, the movie. oh yeah, yes. What age do you think you'll introduce your children to Bond? Um, <laughs> what age did, did you? Did you I have yeah. did. Yes. My, well, my you know I'd be watching Bond movies. So both my daughter is going to be six in October. My son just turned four, and. They, you know, I would have Bond movies on, and so they kind of, you know, got them yeah. by osmosis, and then you know there'd be marathons on, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So my son fell in love with watching Goldfinger. He loves Goldfinger. So that's what he loves I'm Thunderball. thinking is that I need to start with Goldfinger. Yeah. I just need to show my kids Goldfinger and just say because I like Doctor No and I love From Russia with Love. But I also think I do Thunderball because they're not formulaic. No, I, I find Thunderball, Thunderball is so much underwater. It it drags. I I think um, Thunderball drags. Uh, and I agree. I, I like Thunderball. I mean, I don't think there's one that I don't really like. But 
Um, oh, there's some I don't like, but I'm just uh, I'm just saying Thunderball has the best gadgets for uh, that. Maybe, but I think all Goldfing, the, Goldfinger. Yeah, I'm has thinking the about formula. kids getting involved. And strangely, my son has watched Austin Powers, and his mother said she totally forgot how inappropriate some of it was. Mm. So apparently, he well didn't watch some of it. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, but, but you know, similar. My kids uh, have watched. Casino Royale from 1967, the Peter Sellers, David Niven. Okay, yeah, and they Did love it. Did they follow it. that? They they know, but they love it because it's so funny. I right. mean, there's a seal with a with a collar and a name tag that says 007, and there's a dog, and there's yeah. Indians and cowboys. For the longest time, I thought it so was the, the the one that followed the book closest. Well, for the longest time, it was that yeah. was the sad thing for yeah. for like half an hour. I mean, yeah, that that yeah, Peter Sellers yeah. is is very close, but they you know so. They love to what they're and they love the music because it's a great. It's oh yeah, pro, got some of the best Burp music Burp, of any. Oh, you know, gosh, it's all yeah. Burt Bacharach, and and they love to listen to it and watch Casino Royale. But Goldfinger is, um, you know, Alex's favorite. Mia likes to say that Diamonds Are Forever <coughs> is fun. her favorite. I'm not sure why. Dahlia Lavi is so funny in um, Casino, Casino Royale. Royale. Yeah. yeah, and then they both will will say they love The Spy Who Loved Me. Because they know it's my favorite. Is it your favorite? And you know my and my it is my favorite. It is, it is absolutely my favorite. It has everything that I love in a Bond movie. Given that, like you, I grew up in the Roger Moore era. Yeah. So when that's the first Bond you discover, sure. You know, I mean, that's the first one I saw. But my right. my favorite is Live and Let Die. F- and, and and a couple of reasons. One, Jane Seymour Solitaire is so gorgeous, um, and Jeffrey Holder. I love Jeffrey Holder, and I think I don't know what I said this on the start. The one time I could have actually met Jeffrey Holder, we were playing the game. At, I was at Theater Works in Palo Alto, mm-hmm. and they did the story of Josephine Baker, and uh, Della Reese was in it. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I were there, and we like to play this game of like, oh, who's that celebrity that showed up? You know, you pick the lookalike. And I looked over and I said, oh, look, Jeffrey Holder came, blah, 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 blah. And then one of my friends was in the cast. And afterwards, she said, I was so nervous. Jeffrey Holder was not in. So I went, oh, my God, it really was. <laughs> Son of a gun. You know, like, I love Jeffrey Holder. So, um, unfortunately. And now he's gone. And he danced away. I mean, that's a beautiful story there. But, you know, he as Baron Samiti, he was so good. And, you know, it was just fun. And the Paul McCartney and Wings theme song, yeah. it was just, it, it got me. You know, and here and just you know, not to reinvent, but but like on the day of my dad's funeral, like I got into the into my car, turned on the radio, and "Live and Let Die" was playing right after the funeral, and I was like, "Oh wow!" And Paul McCartney had gotten me through because "Tug of War" had just mm. come out, and it's all his dealing with John Lennon, and so I'm like, "My dad died," I'm listening to "Tug of War" over and over, and then get in the car after that funeral and "Live and Let Die." It's like Paul McCartney can, well, he can do wrong, but you know, because anyone can, but but it was like that was the soundtrack to you know, and and so I just. I just fell in love with that movie. Although I also second place is oddly enough, Honor Majesty's Secret Service because it's closest to the book. Mm. It does hold a, a very nice place in my heart. I actually have gone through an entire uh, scenario in my head wondering uh, if Sean Connery had done that movie, mm-hmm. you know, what happens to the series. And I'm convinced if Sean Connery does on her Majesty's Secret Service, it's the best Bond movie ever. And it kills the series. They do one more movie, and that's it. And that's it, uh, because and and there's so many ways it could have happened if they'd actually done it when they wanted to in 1965 or 1966. He still would have been yeah less unhappy 
and under contract. And that version of the on. franchise, by the way, screens regularly in Morpheus's uh, screening room to get into comics. You know, in, the, in that great library of. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, um, but no, I, I love Honor Match Secret Service. Uh, Spy Who Loved Me for Me is just so epic. Uh, my son still loves Moonraker. There because is he's four. Moonraker. There is something yeah. very fun to Moonraker. Yeah. There really is. And they love no... Jaws. They love Jaws. Of course they do. Because he's fun. Yeah. Uh, you know. See, I was, for me, it was always Sean Connery. And when Roger Moore came out, when Roger Moore came out with... with um, I won't argue with little, anybody that Sean Connery was no, the best. He was. No, no. When, when, when Roger Moore comes out for movies. Live and Let Die, he hadn't turned into the smirking Roger Moore right. yet. And that was the part I didn't I didn't like, and so I was actually relieved when we got into the Pierce Brosnan and the Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, bonds. I was relieved just because I mean Roger Moore was practically going to die on screen. Yeah, in a Vito a Kill, and yeah. he knew it too. I yeah. mean, that's the yeah, you're right. There is the worst one, a View to a Kill. I cannot sit through that. Again. And that, despite actors in it that should. I should love. And 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 that pains me so much because it was the movie that was filmed here. Yeah. In the Bay, in the Bay Area. Area. And, yeah. you know, Silicon Valley is the plot. And I should love it. And I cannot stand to watch it for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. Um, mostly just Roger Moore. Just it, it's too. He shouldn't have done it. Duran Duran, Sassandra. Duran Duran. Great song. Watching you yeah. Yeah. from of you. Nice, yeah. nice. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, so yeah, that that's that's always been said. The, I'll be here all year. The, uh, the, I'm family. The, the how the veal. The true Bond fan in me. This is how you know that like I'm a true masochistic Bond fan. Is that I became a Bond fan in 1982. So yeah. the first Bond movie I saw after. Well. That was 81. That so was 81. I'd, right? I'd already seen it. I had the Marvel. That's the one sort of got me into Bond, and then. Yeah. So the next one's Octopussy. Pretty much every Bond movie I've seen since I became a Bond fan has disappointed me in some manner. <laughs> and you, now, I, I just like here's the here's the yeah. true Bond thing, and I'm sure you've seen it. Is, is, have you seen the Barry Nelson? Yes. Uh, American Pilot. Yeah. yeah. Right. Jimmy Bond. Yeah. Jimmy Bond. Have you seen any of the Portuguese fun- films with Jimmy Bondi? I, I have not. Nor, nor did I see Operation Kid Brother with. Uh, oh, I've never seen, seen that. I've seen that. Uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Bondi, as you say, is uh, in because uh, my parents were like, it was. I saw it was in a double feature with the Shaggy DA uh-huh. with Dean Jones, right? Um, and it's uh, Super Bug Super Agent. They cross in Portugal. They crossed over the Love Bug franchise with James Bond to create. Jimmy Bondi, and so wow, oh, it was horrible. Um, wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. On that note, uh, we should say Dynamite is just before Comic Con announced that they've got the rights. Oh, yeah. I pre-ordered that. I made sure of the comic shops. So they are. Is it Warren Ellis Warren writing Ellis. James Bond? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's going to be the series. Great. Um, one more movie rumor, and only rumor, and then it's been shut down. Is that apparently the guy who did that documentary about what happened to Superman Lives? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so that he knew that George Miller, on the wake of Mad Max Fury Road, had been locked up to direct Man of Steel 2, which is probably the only thing that could they could have said that got me excited about Man of Steel 2. Uh, but now 
Warner is saying no, this is the movie that's going to follow Batman v Superman. It's not on the docket anywhere. It was kind of mm. mentioned at one point, and they're yeah. saying Batman v Superman is not Man. But of if Steel it too. does, that would be where it would, it would materialize. That's where it should. And this is where I've been saying is like if you if you read old news stories and you realize this is like Warner just did not have the plan the way that Marvel does, where Marvel has gone out because by the way, and I've called I called this when they announced the comic. That uh, you know, there's going to be a new Blade in the fall with Blade's daughter, mm-hmm. and Wesley Snipes before Comic Con said he'd been having talks with Marvel about doing something, and so uh, apparently that has that is a rumor that cropped up, but it might be a Netflix original movie. Is that uh, Snipes may be passing the torch as the older Blade passing to his daughter? Because there's no room on the Marvel Cinematic Universe outline, no. but there is room on Netflix. Sure, mm-hmm. you know to go ahead and add that to the. We there's always never room seen on the Defenders. There's always I room. Think, but Man of Steel too. I think they'd have to stick that after Justice League. I, I think that's possible too. It's just yeah. I. I've but they've a, been talking about how they want to do more Batman movies with Affleck, so. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. Uh, except you know, I mean, I, I think the problem is that once they've done. Uh, you know, once you've done Batman v Superman, it's clearly already an older Batman with a career behind right. him, which right. is okay. But you know, that's I just feel if the, the one way they could easily bobble is to be saying, "Well, really, the best adventures <laughs> happened off screen." It's sort of like that remake of V uh, of the TV series V. You know, ten years ago when we first started the resistance movement, so that we didn't have a budget with, to show. It starts with Bruce Wayne in a wheelchair by the fireplace telling you. You know, in the summer. Oh, do of, Batman Beyond. You put Ben Affleck yeah. as the older Bruce Wayne. You put uh, Terry McGinnis in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch. Yeah, uh, you yeah. Know, that's that's fine. That's a good show. Um, and then was this a movie thing with Nathan Fillion, or was it a TV thing? That it was, was an wanted? interview with him at uh, Wizard. What was the big Chicago? Wizard World? Wizard World Con. He Which, was, by the way, is coming Labor Day to San Jose. I don't think I'm going to attend. But there's a question from the audience as to I'm just conned out. I can't go to another convention right now. If I, he wanted to, if he wanted to play, if there was a role that he wanted to play in Marvel or DC, what was it? And the first thing he said, without thinking too much, was Booster Gold because he said he's he's not the brightest guy. He's a bit vain and. Uh, Better yet, did you hear the second one he said? He said ambush bug. Yes, he did. And he <laughs> said, and he said, and the benefit there is you'll never see my face. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's the truth. Is Ryan Reynolds is going to prove that with Deadpool? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, right now the scene that you've seen the trailer, and he's got his mask off a lot, but you know, we're not. Well, but Deadpool in the comic has his mask off a lot. Yeah. It's like I just want to see him in that mask talking. I don't care. That yeah. He'd be a stunt man. I don't care. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, then there was some TV news. We'll we'll go wrap up. It is later than we than we thought it would be, but we do say you know, Fear the Walking Dead came out. So I had planned to watch that. I'm sorry I did not get to it, but I believe it is on Hulu, so I can catch up. Yes, sometime. it's on. Um, actually, AMC just just released it for the next 99 days. You can watch it uh, online. The yeah, fear, but if it's the- on Hulu, you can watch it on Hulu. Yeah, but you can watch it for That's free on AMC if you don't have a Hulu. Uh, true, but I've already paid for Hulu. So there you go. Um, it's it's a very very different. And we knew it was going to be before. Right, it's the beginning the of the plague. And the problem with it is, you're kind of looking at your everything. They set this up a lot where they they'll see somebody, someone will walk into a room, and someone's someone's there sitting sitting on a chair away from them, and they wait, they wait, Roger. Roger, Roger, and they keep walking closer, and you know they're going to turn around and be a zombie, and then they turn around and they're not a zombie. 
you know, so they they did that a couple of I times. I can't tell you how first. many times that happens to me every day. Yeah. Um, People turn around, they're not zombies. But the, I got the machete. I don't know where I get it. It just appears spontaneously in my hand. It looks it looks like the second episode from the previous from the first is going to is going to step it up a bit. I just don't. I, I there's nobody on it that I care about. There, uh, there's. I mean, well, I they had better step so it up. I mean, they've already renewed it for a second season. Oh boy. You know, they, I, before, I hope, I hope they can pull this thing out because. I, and, and the irony is, I, this was the series I wanted to watch because I thought, well, that's interesting. You know, I watched the first episode. I watched the first six episodes of, of The Walking Dead. It's an yeah. interesting take on it. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all cool, but I, I kind of wanted to see what when what happens this before. is in Los Angeles, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. An environment I know because the other thing with Walking Dead is it's Atlanta. I've never been, so right. Well, this is in L.A. and yeah, you know, and it's it's obvious that. There's suppression of what's actually going on. Uh, that which people there would are, be. People are not being told. Or let me say, which there already is. is okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so Sleep tired. <laughs> I, I, I hope they don't do anything stupid like say what the cause of it is because that's not – I mean I, I, I can't the show imagine. already did. They didn't say what the cause was. Well, they just said we've all got it. We've all got it, but they don't know where it came from. We didn't always have it. You know? Sumatran rat monkeys. Sure. Mm. What were you doing in Sumatra? No, that was uh, was it? that's Peter Jackson's first movie, Dead Alive. It's the Sumatran rat monkey is the bite that causes the zombie attack. Yeah. So, so um, it's actually that, it's the bite of a rabid Kardashian. It's actually filmed in a very different style, of course, than than Walking yeah. Dead. And um, it, it at times it feels like I'm just watching a WB show because a lot of it's in a high school. It's the <laughs> well, now you completely ruined it for CW, me. CW show, uh, C- sorry. unless of course there are superheroes in it. If there are superheroes in it, I'm no. totally there. No, no. So let's so let's talk about the superhero news. In that we've got, let's see, a Jesse Quick was cast for the Flash. Yes, which means really? we've got Jay Garrick. We've got Jay Garrick. We've got Jesse Quick, the daughter of Johnny Quick. Yep. We've got Zoom. Yep. We know a different Zoom besides right. the reverse Flash who's been on, and then Grant Gustin, uh, the Flash. Uh, so that's great. They also uh, confirmed this week on for CW that uh, Legends of Tomorrow will feature Hawkman as a regular character. So you have this conflict between one pair of eternally reincarnated lovers, knowing that that's what, which was actually one of the takes when Jeff Johns was writing it, is that yeah. Carter Hall did know that, but Kendra Saunders did not right. really remember that. So, um, and we know it's Kendra, so that's really cool. In our absence from podcast, and they they did announce, of course, that also Constantine is crossing over into Arrow and reviving that way. There'll be one episode where he will uh, Matt um, Cameron. What is oh, Hawkins? I don't think that's right. I'm just stuck on Hawk. Um, yeah, but, it's funny because that's what um, uh, his name is the guy who plays uh, Oliver Queen. Um, no, Stephen Amell. Amell said that he he would he would he would, he would be happy Constantine to be on, appeared. on Constantine. So instead, they just arranged to right. because they'd already canceled on an NBC. So Constantine will be on, uh, and, which tells me if Constantine can be on Arrow, and we already know that he had Doctor Fate's helmet. Right. We already know the Spectre was being set up. All that supernatural universe can, stuff come, in can come in. Yeah. So well, you have Rasha Gould and coming back from the dead and stuff too. So which I have heard on, but they, I, when I watch that recap of three, they all say Rasha Gould or Rasha Gould. They yeah, pronounce it. They both jump back ways. and forth. And at what point did Rasha Gould like? Although actually, I was listening to an interview with Neil Adams, and he calls it Rasha Gould. Yeah. So if Neil Adams says it, I'm not going to argue with him because <laughs> he's you know he, he drew he, him. he didn't write it though. 
Uh, no, actually, he told the story. Julie Schwartz yeah. gave him the name. He said it means son of the demon. Or the demon's head. It means the demon's head. And he said, and then Neil Adams said, well, what does he look like? He goes, that's, uh, that's your job. Yeah. And then Danny O'Neill wrote the story. But, you know, it was Julie Schwartz creating the, the character. So it, it's it's interesting. You listen to that interview. It's on uh, Fat Man on Batman, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith's podcast. Yeah. He, Neil Adams, almost convinced me that I was completely wrong to dismiss Odyssey. And then I had a drink of water, and I went, no, yeah, okay. I, I did try reading Odyssey, and it, it's not. But, you know, still, you got to respect. But anyway, so there's all that exciting, and Supergirl coming, all that. You know, they've been doing some amazing promo stuff with Supergirl. So with what Girl are we Scouts. looking at in the fall? What's coming What's coming out first? What of, isn't? Um, so we're going to have Arrow and Flash back. Yes. In September, October? I think it's late September. Uh, Flash is early October, I think. Okay, so then they're probably both early October, as is Supergirl. Okay. Uh, Ash, Supergirl's late October. Late October. Ash versus Evil Dead is Halloween, starting on stars. Nice. Uh, so that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, there'll, be a, there'll obviously be a uh, Walking Dead episode that same yeah, night, too. Legends of Tomorrow will be a 2000, early 2016. Oh, okay. Season so, the so they're rolling out. Okay. Because I'm sure it's going to be backdoored. Like the, it's going to roll out in some kind of crossover with Arrow and Flash first and establish you know as we saw the season ender of flash kendra appeared right and they just showed her really quickly um so you know there there will be that and then we already know captain cold and heat wave so right um what is left gotham returns rise the villains billboards all over la for that um so that's interesting uh lucifer's coming and Another what rumor channel that, is that on? That's Fox. That's that says Fox. Lucifer and Gotham will both be. And then there's a rumor, I don't know how solid it is, that one of the peace offerings in the negotiations of, I am sorry that I'm just so Fantastic Four obsessed because it it, it has so many ripples, is yeah. that the Fox network has been trying to negotiate, at least as a rumored, negotiate with Marvel to do an X-Men television series. So similar to, again, what DC does, a movie universe and a TV universe, as Fox wants to do a TV universe, of X-Men. Yeah. And the rumor is that in exchange, they'll give Fantastic Four back. That's good news. If that's true. I'm going to argue something back, because I have read this, and I'll, I'll yeah. try to be quick about it, is that the problem is that if Marvel had not already had Fantastic Four plans, um, I read a very good argument, and I, it might have been on the Nerdist, where they argued back that if, if you if Marvel had all their big guns... We wouldn't have seen Guardians of the Galaxy. We wouldn't have seen Ant-Man. We wouldn't have seen those uh, more obscure characters get their solo films and get into because Marvel would be too busy with not just the Avengers, but you know, then you'd have to do your Fantastic Four. You'd have to do Spider-Man. See, I don't think of I don't think of it that way because I just think you need just need to hire more talented people to do more movies more often. And obviously, they're out there doing that now. You just need to make sure that the the studio. The controlling studio has it's a lot respect, of market. It's a lot of marketing for, money and it's a lot of risk, and that's you and know. Only, I think that you got to make you spend it to make it, you know. But we're running out, you know. The, the, there's, I, I I understand where you're coming from, yeah. but when when the Marvel controlled Spider Man turns out to suck, don't come crying to me. No, I don't think it will. <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking that yeah, it, it's obvious they want to keep uh, the X Men because it's been more profitable for them, right? Yes. Um, but it would be better to get the X-Men back than the Fantastic Four. Yeah. From the standpoint mm-hmm. of, of a real Marvel universe 
and not right. I mean, because this... I think I think the flip side is that the fan, that the Fox attempts to do Fantastic Four have definitely damaged its their worth yeah. in comics. Yeah, you know. So, well, if you agree or disagree, please write in to editor at fanboyplanet dot com. I want again thank Sal Pizarro for coming in tonight. And we will have you back again. Thank and it doesn't you. have to be James Bond doesn't related. Have to be, but, you know, it could be. You know, uh, we, we shall see. And I think I'll probably see you next, by the way, if I can plug, September 22nd for the Shakespeareans fundraiser in which much improv about nothing will be performing at Cafe Stretch. And even if we don't see you, I know. I plan to be I there. know you're there in I, spirit. Um, I do plan on being there. I know you will be. So uh, that's... We can say that at Cafe Stretch, downtown San Jose, September 22nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Sal Pizarro, honored guest. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you! <laughs>